640 live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. And you heard that heartbreaking news from Jennifer Jones Lee just moments ago that Henry Mayo Hospital is confirming that one female patient that was shot at Sagas High School has died, has succumbed to her injuries. This is a hospital that tweeted that it is currently taking care of four patients, that one female who has died, three male. They said two males are in critical condition and another boy in uh, in good condition. We are awaiting a press conference there at the uh, at the park where the sheriff's department is staging their uh, their command post. We uh, we're going to bring you updates, of course, throughout the course of the day as we get more information. And we're still since we haven't yet seen a news conference happen. There's still a lot of uh, questions that need to be answered. And when the sheriff takes the podium here in the next uh, hopefully 15, 20 minutes or so, we will uh, we'll bring it to you live, of course. Um, but we wanted to also get into uh, the the effects of all of this on the people who live there, uh, some of the students as well. <laughs> Um, producer Nick actually has family in this area, and uh, and his aunt Cheryl uh, has had to see this happen unfold right in her neighborhood. Uh, first of all, Cheryl, I know this is a pretty stressful morning, so thanks for taking time with us today. Um, can you explain what it is that uh, that you first found out about this when this went down this morning? Hi, good morning. So it was about seven thirty this morning. My son was on his way to school. And called me frantically saying there's an active shooter on campus. And he was still driving in um, and just saw the panic of everyone running out. And I just said, get out of there and get home. And uh, I hung up and and let him try to get home. And he said there was, you know, tons of SWAT cars and police and activity coming in and kids trying to get out and parents. And took him almost an hour to get home from a 10-minute drive, but he came home safe. And what was that like for you getting that call? Uh, Scary for sure, but it was good that I heard from him directly and that he wasn't on campus and that he was in his vehicle getting out of the neighborhood. So, um, yeah, we've we've since, you know, heard from other kids and parents that, that people we know are okay and safe and getting picked up. My other son is on lockdown at his school and they've been safe. Um, but then the, the neighborhood, my neighborhood was on lockdown because the suspect was on the loose and we didn't know, they didn't know where he was. So that was an added level of scariness. I'll throw this in there just because that's an opportune time to say that according to the sheriff's department, the shooter is in custody and apparently being treated for some sort of an injury. And hopefully we'll get some information when the sheriff takes, uh, uh, takes the podium again sometime very soon in the next few minutes. Uh, so the the custody, or uh, sorry, the, the whoever the shooter was is said to be in custody. So there's no danger to the neighborhood. They don't believe, uh, and obviously there's a huge police presence, not just around the school, but in the neighborhood in general, including a home yeah. on Sycamore Glen, which is apparently where we believe the uh, the the shooter was from. Cheryl, did Aiden talk to any of his friends who were at the school and, and saw any of this unfold? Um, I'm not sure. I know that he's talked to his friends. This happened during about 7:30 when first period was in session. So, um he he does have a friend that's there in in band and I've heard from his mom that they're all locked away in the band room. Um but I think most of his friends didn't start until later. So, I'm I'm not sure if any of his friends were actively in there and saw anything. 
Yeah, you bring up a good point. This was what first period, so it's a it's a lighter yeah. lighter mm-hmm, you know, definitely first period. Um, Cheryl, is Hayden around? Can we talk to him? Yeah, let me grab him one minute. Oh, there was a senior there, uh, Denzel, who was about to make a turn onto campus when he saw classmates running out. He said, uh, "I automatically made a detour to leave because I knew something bad had happened." Gary and Shannon want to ask you some questions. Hello. Hey, Aiden. Thanks for joining us. Hi. So have you talked to anyone that was that was there and saw anything on campus when this was going down? Um, I haven't talked to anybody who has seen on uh, the shooter or anything on campus, but I have talked to my friends who have heard the shots and then um, fled the campus. If uh, were you there at the time? I mean, what what was your morning like when you heard about this and then had to call your Um, mom and. Yeah, so my morning was I was pulling, I was just about to pull into the Saugus parking lot when I saw basically, uh, like what I keep saying, a, a max exodus of probably hundreds of students running out. I, I look to my left and I see band people running out, uh, girls holding flutes and their instruments. They're running out. I saw one of the band members kind of drop his marching snare from his chest. He took it off and dropped it in the parking lot and they're all running out and I roll my window down because I, I look up and I see even more kids fleeing campus from the from the upper section. And I, I look out and I roll my window down and I ask what's going on. And a, a girl frantically, she just yells like, like, there's an active shooter, like, go. And then that's when everybody starts uh, kind of uh, ignoring the stop sign. And we all started trying to turn right down the street called Caraway to get out of there, which was then a gridlock. Did you kind of feel like you knew exactly that something bad w- was happening when you just saw people flooding out of that building? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's uh, we're at the state where you see a bunch of kids running like that, and you just know that there is an active shooter or someone on campus attempting to harm kids. You guys have, uh, you guys have done drills for this, right? I mean, I'm assuming just about every high school in the Santa Clarita Valley does these on a regular basis. Yeah, it's actually sad. We've had more active shooter drills in the past um, couple of years than we have um, earthquake, great shakeouts. But yeah, I'd say that we we were very well prepared. Uh, all the teachers know what to do. Uh, they've instructed us multiple times on how to do it. They try to keep us updated. Uh, all the classrooms have big posters from the Los Angeles uh, Sheriff's Department saying what to do if you see something, say something, and what to do in case you're inside, or like how to look for a weapon. So. Yeah. Well, Aiden, thank you. And thank your mom, Cheryl, as well for for helping us out, fill in some blanks here about what's going on. Appreciate it. and glad you're okay. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Aiden there and uh, his mom, Cheryl, of course, relatives of uh, producer Nick. We know uh, Nick and I both know a bunch of people who are in that area uh, and very familiar with the, the neighborhood itself. So the idea that this guy was still out there after the original shooting uh, was pretty terrifying, not just for uh, for the people who live there, of course, but we saw what appeared to be a pretty significant response to one specific house on a street called Sycamore Glen, which is, you know, in terms of as the crow flies may have been half a mile to three quarters of a mile away from the high school campus itself. Uh, and it's believed that that's where the suspect lived. They continue to be there. I mean, the police presence around that that individual house on that street uh, is still there, and they've had uh, dozens of officers in and out of that house since then. What I noticed is, or I, I should say I didn't notice, was I never saw an ambulance. I mean, 
since the police presence has shown up at that ha- at that home, the news helicopters have been over it for a significant amount of time. And not once did I see any sort of medical response, paramedic, ambulance, anything at that home. That's probably just to say that who, if that's in fact where the shooter was and if they were injured because of a self-inflicted gunshot wound or whatever, or, it all happened earlier. Or they just go to the home. We've seen this in every live active investigation. Once they find out who they're dealing with, they go to the home. They got to make sure that there's no other weapons or bombs or whatever, or anything like that. They have to search the home. That's one of the first priorities in these All right, we are awaiting a news conference from the Sheriff's Department to get an update. Again, a shooting. It is unclear exactly how many people were hit. Some conflicting reports, but we know several people were injured. And we do know that one female student or one female has has died from, from her injuries at Henry Mayo Hospital. We will stay on top of this, bring you that press conference live when it happens. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Talking about a school shooting today. This one very close to home. Saugus High School in the Santa Clarita Valley. Shooting happened uh, about 7.30 this morning during what would be an optional early first period class. Uh, or at least uh, soon after it got out. At least one of the victims has died. According to Henry Mayo Hospital, one female patient has died as a result of her injuries in this shooting. Two male patients remain in critical condition. Another male patient said to be in stable condition. We are expecting now uh, word from the Sheriff's Department and other officials that there will be a news conference sometime soon within the next 10, 15 minutes is what they've been saying. And then also uh, Henry Mayo New, uh, Henry Mayo Hospital, they're right in the middle of Santa Clarita, is expected to hold a news conference at about 11 o'clock and potentially update the conditions uh, of those people who are still uh, who are at the hospital. The police say that the shooter was wearing black, that he shot at least uh, five people, and that three at least were critically wounded. Again, one of them succumbing to her injuries. We have a bunch of different uh, sources of information that we're getting uh, all of the details from. One of them is Austin Dave, who is a reporter for the Signal newspaper up there in the Santa Clarita Valley. And uh, uh, Austin, this is, you know, did you ever expect to see one of these in the Santa Clarita Valley? No, and that's something we were talking about earlier, about how, you know, we call this, we often call this a nightmare scenario. And this is something that we typically say, you know, you won't see this happen here because of just, you know, that mentality of, you know, it's never going to happen here. It's never going to happen here. And then when it does, you know, you're ultimately shocked, heartbroken. And really, you know, a lot of these people that we're seeing today here at the street, um, just in front of Saugus High School, uh, they're in fact traumatized. What have you heard from, from the people that were on the scene there? A lot of people, you know, their number one concern is their children. Uh, where's my child? And a lot of people just trying to get to the school itself. Um, but, you know, a lot of the information coming out by tweets and whatnot. But these parents, honestly, they're not looking at the tweets. They're looking at their phones. And anything that's not from their child, they're just ignoring. And so we were talking to a few parents who were just ultimately wanted to get to the school, wanted to get information. But, you know, the law enforcement officers and personnel that were there were just trying to protect the students. They didn't really have much to give. So you had a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, you know, worst case scenario for their child. And then when they did see their children, you know, as they were being uh, walked out and escorted by sheriff deputy personnel, 
uh, they were ultimately, you know, crying. And as you would expect, you know, they broke out into tears, um, a lot of just running across the street trying to, you know, and they wanted to take their child home, but ultimately they couldn't. And so you had a lot of a mix of fear, anxiety, and frustration from the parents that were at the scene. Have you gotten an impression from the parents that they know who this was? Uh, no. So far, the parents have not heard much of who it was, um, and they haven't really heard much from their children because uh, our cell towers here are a little bit older. They can't really handle the amount of volume of phones and flurry of messages and uploads and posts on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and whatnot the students are doing and what the parents are doing. And so not a lot of communication by way of, like, data service. So people and some of the rumors that were, you know, being spread by some of the students and people in the area, um, ultimately, you know, that started to slow down as the cell towers were overwhelmed. And so a lot of them really don't have any indication as to, you know, any of the details we have, you know, number of injuries, you know, critical injuries and things like that. All they want to know is, you know, where's my child? I was wondering about that with the cell towers being overwhelmed. Are you hearing from people that are unable to get messages out or, or, or can, can uh, make calls and things like that? Um, ultimately, it's been like the data service. Okay. So people trying to, you know, get posts like photos and information from Twitter. It's really hard to load, you know, going back and forth between people like, you know, is your cell phone working and everyone's saying no. But voice calls are working just fine. Okay. Uh, data service, not so much. So, like I said earlier, you know, people getting those tweets and whatnot aren't getting them here at the scene. And so it's really difficult for them to try to, you know, maintain their composure when they really don't know much at all. Uh, at this point, uh, the the reunification is at Central Park, I believe, or at least the church that's yeah. just uh, just west of that. Uh, has that been going well? I mean, those can be uh, an incredibly confusing and frustrating place for parents trying to find their kids. Have you been able to see that? Yeah. Is that going well? We have. And so what they've been doing is they've been evacuating the campus uh, one row of students at a time. And so they've been walking from the campus to a church just south of the campus, and they've been actually sheltering the children there. And so what's been happening is uh, parents have gathered everywhere you could possibly imagine. And so they're seeing their children, and we've been seeing parents running up to their children. Uh, Sheriff's deputy is giving them, you know, a moment of time to really talk to their kid. And then, but they're you know, encouraging, hey, you know, we need to get them into the church and then ultimately get them by bus. They've had buses from the William S. Hart School, uh, Union High School District. They've had buses from the city of Santa Clarita. Um, and they've had some charter buses taking the children from the church to Central Park where they're doing the reunification at the park. And so we've seen at the park, it's a very much, I'm at the park now, uh, but right now we've seen uh, units from the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, they're here. We've seen some police officers from Homeland Security here. But one thing that really, you know, does stand out is we have a lot of uh, police officers from multiple agencies that live in Santa Clarita. They really call it their home. And so we've been seeing those officers who, you know, normally getting ready for work have said, you know what, let me jump in. Let me help as best I can. So you're seeing a lot of these officers in plain clothes. Um, they have some in uniform. So you have some agencies from all across L.A. County who are here at a moment's notice and are able to really all, you know, despite what uniforms they're wearing, they're all really jumping in, banding together to help. And so you have them, you have the fire personnel who are wearing their um, bulletproof vests, which is something that, you know, you really never see here. Uh, for a firefighter to wear a bulletproof vest, you know, as they're walking around a high school campus is um, very, very strange. And so you have everyone really coming together, and that's really the theme today is just that togetherness um, for the students they are holding hands with each other. Um, you have the parents, you know, strangers, they don't know each other, and they're all, you know, embracing each other. And so togetherness really, I think, is going to ultimately get our community through this today. 
Austin, Dave, with The Signal, really appreciate your reporting, and you bring up a great point. I mean, it's one of the safest places to be with the law enforcement community that exists in Santa Clarita, and uh, absolutely, a true sense of community there. Uh, appreciate your time. Hopefully, we can check back with you in a, in a little bit, Austin. No worries. You two both take care. Thank you. Again, Austin, Dave, there with The Signal newspaper up in Santa Clarita Valley. Um, we... We are standing by and waiting for this news conference. We believe it's going to be at Central Park there with the sheriff and other law enforcement agencies uh, in charge of what's going on around Saugus High School. Again, um, a couple of different reports about the condition of the shooter. Channel 4, for example, is saying that the shooter uh, died from self-inflicted gunshot wounds. The last information from the sheriff was that the, the shooter was in custody but was also being treated for whatever injuries that uh, results in. Now, uh, there was one report from Henry Mayo Hospital of a female that was killed, that was pronounced dead there at the hospital. But as Jonesy mentioned at the top of the hour, they took the word student away from that. So all we know is that it was a female that was pronounced dead at the hospital. All right. We'll get you a reset with Jennifer right now and uh, come back for the latest and take you to that press conference when it begins. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, covering this school shooting in our backyard today, unfortunately, at Saugus High School. The number of students or people injured continues to fluctuate. NBC4 reporting that there are six people injured. NBC4 also reporting that they have sources that have confirmed the shooter is dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. That is uh, in contrast to what the sheriff has told several different media outlets that the shooter is alive and being treated. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the things we're waiting for is a news conference from Henry Mayo Hospital there in the middle of uh, of Santa Clarita. There was a public information officer speaking to a reporter who a few minutes ago, the public information officer only would say that it was a female that was killed, uh, that was pronounced dead there at the hospital, and that they are still treating others, um, at least three others. I think th- all three males, two of them in critical condition and one in good condition, but deferred when it came to the question of how old was that uh, was the female. Happened in first period before 8 a.m. Lauren Farmer is 17. She says she was in the library when she heard a gunshot. At first, she thought it was a balloon popping, but then she heard two more blasts. She said that's when we realized this isn't normal. Something is wrong. So her and her friend Hannah started racing for the main entrance, heard three more gunshots as they took off. Hannah says she was joined by a number of other students racing away from the quad. She says, fearing for their lives with facial expressions that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah. She says, when I go home, I'm going to cry. But right now I feel like I need to be strong for my parents. They said that it was a feeling of just being stunned, but composed, knowing that the gravity of what they just went through was going to hit them later. Listen, you've got five, I think it's five, high schools in that area. Uh, sixth one is opening up. Um, you got 10,000 high school-age students in that area, and everybody knows students from other high schools. 
And uh, my daughter was on lockdown for a short time today as well. And there, there's a chance that whoever this happens to be and whoever was wounded, et cetera, there's a chance that there's going to be connections there. There's going to be connections at every single one of these high schools. And as we saw, as we talked about earlier, you know, during the morning show, they were referring to the fact that all of these schools were on lockdown at one point. And right now, the only one that's still technically on lockdown is uh, Saugus High School and the uh, the junior high that's nearby because the sheriff's department has said that they want to make sure that they interview every single student who was on campus at the time just to suss out and make sure that they don't miss anything in terms of information or slices of information about what it was that happened. Um, we don't have a, a firm, a confirmed identity on any suspect at this point uh but there have been at least a couple of names that have been thrown out there and and instagram accounts yes because that's what people do now we're not going to confirm or deny that this instagram account that the kids have been passing around that is rumored to be that of the shooter is in fact that but uh, this account does have in the bio this line sagas have fun at school tomorrow uh, that apparently has been changed within the last few minutes somehow. I don't know who maybe would necessarily have access maybe it's to Instagram. That that Instagram changed it. Yeah, uh, took down the account because that possibly. that that profile was flooded with comments, yeah. hundreds of comments from people um, that that have that have weighed in post shooting. Oddly, this shooting just two months after six students at this high school were detained on felony criminal threats. Of course. Connected to threats the teenagers had made online. A uh, William S. Hart Union School District staff member discovered the social media posts regarding committing acts of school violence and called the police. Deputies quickly investigated, determined which young people had made the posts. Unclear if that's connected to what happened today. Uh, here, here, uh, here is a, um, Uh, Here's a slice of life, perhaps, about a situation like this. I I was saying that um, everybody potentially has connections to this. Um, We found out early today that a friend of our daughter's was at Saugus High School, and the original report was that she had been shot. The original report was that there was one female student <clears throat> that was taken to the hospital, and then we heard that there was a female. She's fine. So she's okay. Th- there are apparently other people who may have been hurt that were treated either at other hospitals or haven't yet been reported by the hospital. So that's just an indication of how quickly this information can change. That as much as we rely on social media whether it's texts from our kids or Twitter or whatever it is to get information about situations like this, that we have to, we, I mean, we, you and I have to be careful about what it is that we say, but it's also, if you're in the middle of all of this, you have to be careful about what it is that you're going to believe until you can actually get some sort of verification one way or the other. In my case, um, She's okay. She's apparently going into surgery, uh, but she's aware. She's talking all of so that. So she was stuff. shot, but that's, she's okay. That's what I understand. Okay. All right. And hopefully, you know, it only goes uh, positive from this point on. But this is, listen, you, the, the frequency with which these things are happening 
And now that we're seeing them in locations, there's nobody that I know. There's I there's no one I know that has not yet been touched by something like this. You know, it might be a couple of degrees of separation, but I know people who's who lost great friends whose kids were killed at Sandy Hook, for example, and uh, have heard stories of people that I'm related to that have lost kids in in other places. This is a this is a scourge on our society right now, and not just because it's in our backyard that we have to pay attention to this. There's something there's something going on here. There's something weird happening. And it's a uh, it's a frustrating thing that that our kids are now being the victims are the ones that are victimized by this. It's frustrating. But hey, good news. All right. We are awaiting uh, this press conference that is going to be put on by the sheriff's department. Hopefully get an update on exactly what happened this afternoon. Blake, I'm sorry. Did you say that we're getting close? We're, yeah, we're getting close. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we'll just wait for that here and, uh, and, and not take a break. Uh, a couple of things to mention, worth mentioning here. The school itself, Saugus High School, is gigantic by high school standards, but not really unusual in terms of the size of some of the schools in Santa Clarita, but also throughout Los Angeles. I think there's about 24, 2,500 students uh, in that school at any given time. The, the I guess a saving grace perhaps about this was, as you mentioned earlier, that this appeared to have been in that early period class, uh, or at least when kids would have been there on campus. That's an optional class. That's one of those where you don't have to take the class that starts at 7 o'clock, but kids may have started to show up um, at 7.30, whatever time it was, in preparation for their 8 o'clock start class, uh, start time. So it doesn't appear that the, the campus was full. I mean, we've heard from students, even uh, even anecdotally, students who were getting ready for school and were told stay away from campus because the friends that were already on have, were witness to this and told everybody to stay away. One of the sad things is that you're not seeing really the shock from students, from parents. We talked to one of the students, Aiden, earlier when he saw that flood of people streaming out of his school as he was pulling in his parking spot, he knew what was going on. He knew that it was an active shooter before anyone had to even tell him that this, like you mentioned, is just a fact of life in America. It's going to happen again and again and again. And what the hell is going on? Uh, Nick asked me earlier, We one of the things that uh, some one of the TV anchors said this morning was, you know, once again, we're going to have to talk to our kids about this. And he asked me if I've ever talked to my kids about this. Well, clearly my daughter, like I said, was in lockdown this morning and her text to, uh, to her mom and I was simply something like I'm allowed to freak out. Right. Which is totally 100% expected and acceptable. Um, and at first they never explained what the lockdown was, at least to the students, uh, didn't explain that this was across town. It's 10 miles away. It's not, but just out of a, an abundance of caution, they're going to make sure. Listen, I know that it's rare to be involved in a school shooting. It's just feels like it's not that rare anymore. Yeah. It feels like I would understand being your kid and feeling like it's a game of roulette. At these high schools. Well, and my comment to her... You know, are you going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time? My comment to her weeks ago was, uh, listen, you have a 
the the chances are that you would be killed in a car accident on the way to school are it's much more likely than it is that you would ever be hurt or injured or killed in in a school shooting but that and i can say that and i can live in the statistics and rest comfortably that that's the case but that doesn't mean that it feels better you know no. it doesn't mean that it that it it eases her this, at all she has friends at this school it's yeah. right across the town uh here is a really chilling anecdote anthony bresnikin had just dropped his daughter and son at school when his wife called him and said there was a shooter at saugus high anthony sprints back to that elementary school where he had just dropped off his kids north park elementary and parents began piling into the library. Uh, the details are coming out. And they're pulling their kids out of the area. And Anthony says that today was their Thanksgiving pageant. You've got little kids in pilgrim outfits planning to do their pageant, walking out in tears. His 10-year-old daughter told him, breaking down in tears, that a kid had hurt people at Saugus High. He said the older ones knew exactly what happened, the the younger students didn't know how to process their fears of kids getting hurt. That his son, a six-year-old first grader, said he heard that the culprit was Venom, the villain from Spider-Man. They said that uh, a lot of the parents and kids are just together in different homes monitoring all the news on television because they just want to be together. And that's what you heard from Austin as well, is that... In a tight community like Santa Clarita, the um, huge law enforcement presence in Santa Clarita, it's everyone's a family member today. You guys, I've been watching this since this started just before 8 o'clock this morning, watching the students as they came out when they were being brought out of Saugus classroom by classroom. And the one thing that I noticed was, A, you were totally right in the sense of this seemed like they just knew this was another drill. Like you and I used to walk out for a fire drill at school. You just kind of knew what you were supposed to do. They were clearly shaken by it. But I thought that the way that they did it so uniformly, so just without, like there was no panic. There wasn't, where am I supposed to go? There wasn't, where am I supposed to do? They just did it. And then the thing that I have never seen before in a school shooting, watching the kids as they're being taken out of the classrooms, they were stopping to shake the hands of sheriff's deputies who were lined up on the sides, kind of creating a walkway for them wow. to get to safety. They were shaking their hands, saying thank you to the cops yeah. as they were walking to the park uh, for I, safety. I got to say that's a sight for sore eyes. I, if you're uh, uh, leaving. It got uh, me teary. Yeah, absolutely. It gives me chills. You know, Austin referenced it one, uh, at one point. I think this is important as well. There are a, 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 I almost said bad words there. There's a um, load. I'll say a ton of uh, law enforcement officers that live in and around that area. And again, I mean, I mentioned that you you can't find somebody who's not been connected to one of these, you know, these incidents in some time. But you're also going to be hard pressed to find somebody who lives in the Santa Clarita Valley and doesn't live next door, down the street from around the corner to uh, a law enforcement officer of some agency or retired law enforcement. They're they're all over the place. And I'm hoping that part of that is uh, simply uh, a respect for the agency and the uniforms that are there. I mentioned that um, this is a this happens all the time in these incidents, but because it's in our backyard, it takes on an interesting twist, I guess. Uh, I have already several Facebook friends who are posting about their kids who go to this high school. 
and, you know, reaching out on social media to say for everybody who's been texting or calling, yes, this shooting at Saugus is my student's high school. She is safe. Her teacher locked the classroom quickly. The kids are under the desks. She will be evacuated. We don't know who was injured and the severity of those injured. Again, this is a mom writing this on Facebook. Uh, it may have been a, a, a freshman suspected shooter, but our daughter happens to be safe. So, yeah, I'm just thinking back. Um, I we were talking about how we know people that have been, I don't want to say touched, but uh, terrorized by these shootings. And this was a community that had people that I personally know that were affected from the Route 91 harvest shooting mm-hmm. in 2017 last year, borderline bar and grill. There's a lot of people in the community hit by that. You're going to see a lot of people that in here. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 That this, um, and it's, I don't know. It's a difficult, uh, situation because there is no correct. There's no answer for that. I mean, there's no, there's no answer to why somebody would do this. We're going to find out, you know, if that Instagram account, in fact, was the shooter's Instagram account. Were those considered warning signs? Is there anything in there now? Of course, we look at it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and we could say, "Oh, that's a clear sign." Oh, there's a problem. Oh, that should have been reported. But how many millions and millions of millions of Instagram accounts are there? I mean, if the kid only had twenty one followers that had access to what what he was posting on Instagram, you know, what are the chances that any one of them was going to see something? Uh, that they would yeah. think rose to the level of reporting it to the sheriff's department or the school resource office. It's just really a hard age group to spot these kids in because the kids that, that need help or are nearing something or nearing some sort of violence on, on themselves, on the school, because it is such a trying time, I think, in everyone's life, this this high school age. And I, I just, you know, you can say, um, see something, say something, you know, look for the troubled kids and all that. But, I mean, teenagers, uh, we've all presented ourselves as a, a sullen teenager at one point. It's just really difficult. And I think that's why you're seeing so many of these shootings at schools, because it is so hard, it, it, you know, it, at that time in your life. We are following this uh, this story of a school shooting at Saugus High School in the Santa Clarita Valley. Happened about three and a half hours ago. Uh, we know that at least one female patient has died. The number now is that five were injured in the shooting. Five people, students, teachers, we're not quite sure the age breakdown. Um, and there are a few that are being treated at the hospital right now at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital We are expecting a news conference from the sheriff's department here to start in a few minutes. We're also expecting a news conference from the hospital. Uh, They said it was going to start at the top of the hour, and hopefully they'll coordinate. They have updated that, so they are going to have their conference at 1115. So we'll hear from the sheriff's department first, and then we'll hear from from the hospital. We're looking at the suspect being a 15-year-old boy and at least five people injured one female dying from her injuries this morning um i wanted to play for you just a quick cut that we were able to get and this is uh from some of the scanner audio of officers responding to what was going on at saugus high school people possibly down near the outdoor stage by the quad suspect description is going to be a male white with sunglasses wearing a dark jacket once again male white dark sunglasses dark jacket at this time do we have a school deputy that could uh, guide us in and uh, kill another location back? Do we have a school deputy uh, guide us in and uh, have us, uh, have us uh, lead us in? 
Again, um, we mentioned, and Austin Dave actually mentioned this from out there on the scene, there are law enforcement officers from throughout the area that, that have shown up and are there at the scene, not just at the school itself, but nearby at Central Park, which is where the, uh, the reunifications were taking place. They were actually busing students from the campus just a couple of blocks away to Central Park, a big opportunity, a big, a big geographically a big area for them to be able to have all of those students and uh, uh, get them reunited with their kids. I wanted to also point this out. This is an early report from the Signal newspaper that in situations like this, there someone always steps up. It seems uh, as many people as uh, can be hurt uh, by this or impacted by this, there will always be someone who steps up. And according to a teacher who was there at the time, the teacher heard gunshots, unidentified teacher at this point. One student apparently was shot in the torso and was treated by a teacher in one of the classrooms. Yep. How do you... You have to just act. How could you not... How could you not treat the student in, in whatever way that you, that you uh, that you thought would help stop the damage? Um, Saugus High School eleventh grader said she just uh, ran as fast as she could after hearing the gunfire break out. There was one girl that I heard this morning uh, talking about hearing. She said, "I heard boom, as in a shot, boom, and then boom, 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 boom." And she said that she and her friends ran, and I'm not sure in what direction, but toward construction. They crawled through some sort of a pipe, and then workers who were on the other side of the pipe actually helped get them to safety. Wow. Yeah, this uh, this student, Riley, says, we heard one, two gunshots. We looked at each other, and it took so long, she says, for us to process it. And she said it sounded like a firecracker, and then they just realized. It, it, you know, in, in that moment where you're looking at your friends— you can, it's almost like earthquake time, right? Time slows down. It may have been three seconds, but it felt like three minutes till they realized it was an active shooter. She said, I heard a bullet hit the wall right next to where we were standing. And there were just hundreds of us running as far away as possible. Uh, I'm Again, other high schools and other schools in the Santa Clarita Valley are under some sort of uh, lockdown. All of them were at one point today. Uh, for the most part, the lockdowns have been lifted for the elementary schools in Saugus Union District. We understand that Saugus is high school technically still under a lockdown. The undersheriff, Tim Murakami, just tweeted uh, a little while ago, we need to interview every student at Saugus High School before they can be released to their parents. We need to conduct a thorough investigation. We apologize for the wait. As far as I understand, the entire campus itself has been evacuated because there have been um, Special Enforcement Bureau uh, detectives that have gone through with bomb-sniffing dogs, et cetera, checking all of the bags that were left in an area where apparently the shooting took place. It's a, sort of a an earthen amphitheater to call it. To, for lack of a better term, that's what it exists there in the middle of campus, sort of the quad area where everybody would gather first thing in the morning. And the um, the backpacks are still there. There are papers scattered all over the place. There's not a lick of wind in that area right now. So none of those are being scattered about. That's just an example of how quickly those students uh, ran out of that area. All right. Let's go to Andrew Mullenbeck now. He's on the phone here uh, and joins us. Andrew, what do you know? 
Hey, I'm at the Central Park area where parents are reconnecting with their kids. This is also where the Sheriff's Department is supposed to give an update pretty soon. The news conference was originally scheduled for 10, uh, like many times uh, with big breaking news stories that can be pushed back. One of the things that just kind of strikes me here is, again, hundreds of families are reconnecting. You think about teenagers generally may not be so uh, publicly affectionate with their parents. That's very different from what I'm seeing here. As uh, families have been walking by, I've seen uh, guys and girls holding hands or having their arms around their parents, just sort of an indication of what they just went through this morning. And for many, it was up to multiple hours that they weren't able to reconnect with their parents. Maybe they got a text message off or some phone calls, but still there is that separation. And until you actually get back with your kids or kids with their parents, it's a really difficult time, and to see the families coming through this park area, finally having the occasion to see each other, uh, holding hands and locking arms, uh, sometimes holding tissues, it's a pretty powerful scene. All right, Andrew, uh, thank you. We will check back with you. We'll let's take a break for news, and then we will hopefully go live to that press conference coming up at, uh, at the park there in Santa Clarita. Gary and, Gary and Shannon, that's us. We'll continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Here is what we know out of the shooting at uh, Saugus High School this morning. One female patient has been confirmed dead. Five people injured is where we're at right now. Two in critical condition. The 15-year-old shooting suspect is in custody. Channel 4's investigative team reports that the shooter is dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. All students need to be interviewed before being released to their parents. So as you can imagine, a lot of anxious parents. We've been waiting for a news conference from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department uh, in whose jurisdiction this school lies. And we understand that uh, Sheriff Villanueva is there. Finally, he's uh, flown in via helicopter and landed at Central Park, which is where we're going to get that news conference coming from. But at this point, we don't have a start time on it. We are also standing by and waiting for a news conference from Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital which is uh, where at least some of the victims have been taken. Again, um, the sheriff's officials also searched a home on an area on a street called Sycamore Creek Drive, and they were saying that that's possibly where the suspect was living. We don't know if, in fact, the suspect was able to make it back to the home or not. We do know that they said that he left the campus after the shooting, and that prompted quite a response law enforcement-wise around that neighborhood. This, the house itself that they're talking about having searched is approximately maybe three-quarters of a mile away as the crow flies from the campus itself. Um, and then at this point, no idea what they found, if anything, inside the house, uh, if there were other weapons or the whatever. We don't know other than there is still a pretty hefty police presence outside that home. Think about the parents that have kids scattered at schools in the area i mean imagine parents like uh, kimberly simpson she's 30 she had three children on lockdown at different schools this morning imagine that Um, michael harrison 26 years old he said he learned there had been a shooting at the high school when his sister who's a senior there texted him there's a shooter here called 911 
I mean, imagine all the text messages that went out like that. He said that I can't even describe it when how I felt when I got that text. I don't know. We're going to see at the end of this, uh, unfortunately, what we've seen in the past, which is that this whoever this guy is, assuming it's a guy, of course, but whoever this person is, that there were warning signs and for warning signs <clears throat> or some series of traumatic events that led to this and people should have seen it coming or I mean, it just seems like we're going to run down that road. A, a, a total uh, guess on my part. But unfortunately, having done these stories for the last 20 years now, it's rare that we don't find red flags in the past. But again, it's hard to recognize them when you're talking about a 15-year-old boy. Um, we've talked a lot before as well about the commonalities that exist between school shooters and between people who would do this. And uh, unfortunately, there are often traumatic events, um, whether it was uh, some sort of an emotional trigger that sets this off a breakup, a loss of a family member, something like that. And uh, would be, would not be surprised at all if, in fact, we saw this again. Uh, again, at least five people wounded. We understand that one female patient was declared dead at the hospital, still two uh, males in critical condition, one in good condition. And again, only using those words because we don't know the ages we don't know if they were students. Uh, we can assume that they were simply because that's who would be most prominent on a campus at that time of uh, that time of day at the high school. But we don't know for certain, and we're waiting for the updates from not just the sheriff's department, which is going to come anytime soon, but also from the hospital where at least some of these patients were taken. Just a handful of months ago, you and I talked about the commonalities uh, of mass shooters. There was a two-year study a project funded by the National Institute of Justice, and they found four commonalities. Number one, the vast majority of mass shooters in the study experienced childhood trauma, exposure to violence at a young age. I'm talking about um, physical abuse, sexual abuse in the house, uh, neglect, domestic violence, bullying, things like that. They said that that was often a precursor to mental health issues like depression, like anxiety, the things that fuel these types of thoughts and actions. Second, practically every mass shooter had reached an identifiable crisis in the weeks or months leading up to the shooting. Something happened, an event happened, um, a milestone, something. There's a specific grievance. Um, early on, I mentioned that we've been able to get a bunch of information. None of it is confirmable at this point, so I'm not going to repeat any of it. But it, as far as what we've heard so far, some of those things would absolutely apply in this case. And I, we'll see in the next day, in several hours, the next day or two, that some of those things will probably line up with those commonalities. Thirdly, uh, most of the shooters had studied the actions of other shooters. And looked for validation for their motives, whether it's uh, social media or, or whatnot, or maybe uh, something happened in the news cycle. And then fourth, all the shooters had the means to carry out their their plans. We in know 80 percent of school shootings, perpetrators get their weapons from family members. Yeah, somebody already sent us a Facebook message to ask where the weapon would have come from. And 
you know, like you said, 80% of them come from, from family members. The assumption being that the family member didn't know that that weapon was being taken or used or whatever. Um, the president has been briefed on this, we understand. According to the White House, they released a statement that he's been monitoring the ongoing reports of the shooting. Uh, the White House encourages everybody in the area to follow the advice of local law enforcement first responders. That's the only statement that we've gotten from the White House at this point. Um, and we'll see if they say anything else. The the scene around Saugus High School right now, the streets, Centurion Road, or I think it is, right goes right in front of the school itself. Absolutely, completely jammed with sheriff's department vehicles, uh, first responder fire vehicles, ambulance, paramedics, everything that are there, and the school buses that were taking students from the high school to the nearby Central Park area to be reunited with their parents. That's also where the sheriff's department has set up a podium. They do expect to have a news conference sometime in the next few minutes. We were expecting it to start about 40 minutes ago, and it hasn't yet. Um, so we're not sure. It's in My guess is that the sheriff will be or, or is at the school and is sort of getting a firsthand account of what happened. And, and it's not a far distance, you know, maybe quarter mile down the road to Central Park. But But my assumption is that the sheriff himself is at the school getting a firsthand look at the scene of what happened. Got to say, I sure miss uh, McDonald. Jim McDonald. Day like this. Um, now there's been uh, some some different information given out. I saw one, one news station. That was their first phone call this morning was to Jim McDonald to talk about what goes on on a day like this for the sheriff's department. According to multiple uh, sources... Now, there is a report from redstate.com that says the shooter has been declared brain dead at Henry Mayo Hospital, that the shooter is on life support while law enforcement notifies his family. Yeah, they include some more um, detailed information about who this kid is that I don't feel comfortable talking about because we don't know who it is, but... Um, and I, we don't have a name or anything yet, but uh, like I said earlier, we do have what what appears to be a an Instagram account that would have could potentially have belonged to this kid that did this. And uh, the one line on his bio that is just as ominous as I think I've ever seen was Saugus, have fun at school tomorrow. That has since been changed to just mention the high school, I guess, or. Uh, and then all of the posts that he had, none of it appeared to be original content. It looked like he was just reposting weird videos or memes, um, but that all of those have been wiped clean as well. Sheriff's Department still, by the way, going building to building, classroom to classroom to completely sweep the school. As each student that was at school needs to be interviewed by the Sheriff's Department, they said, before they are released. And we're getting more accounts from students that have spoken to reporters. Rosie Rodriguez is a freshman. She says she's walking up the library stairs when she heard noises that sounded like balloons popping. And she realized when she saw other kids running that those were gunshots. She said she still had her backpack when she ran across the street to a home where a person she did not know let her in, about 10 other students. So there were just a lot of kids crying in that home of a stranger. So uh, let's take a, a quick break here and hopefully... Bringing you that uh, that press conference there. My daughter across town at a different high school 
they're waiting. That's a line of parents waiting to check out their students. Wow. You talk about, I mean, this is not the high school that's impacted. Right. But the incredible inefficiency of working out an emergency situation like that. Yeah. And it, again, none of these students are at risk or anything, but still, this is, uh, they got to figure something out. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. And Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, our continuing coverage of the shooting at Saugus High School up in Santa Clarita. We have been able to confirm one female patient was confirmed dead. We do not have an age or any sort of uh, identifying information about the one female patient that was pronounced dead at the uh, hospital, at Henry Mayo Hospital. But five people have been injured, two of them said to be in critical condition. The 15-year-old suspect in this case is also, they're saying, in custody. That's the latest official information that we had. And we understand that Sheriff Villanueva has officially arrived or has finally arrived at Central Park, which is where, number one, they're going to hold the news conference, and number two, where a lot of the kids were being reunited with their parents. Uh, and the the crowd around the podium i don't know if you could just see that helicopter shot the crowd around the podium is probably a few hundred people not just reporters obviously but parents and students and everybody looking for more information about what exactly happened this morning well there has just been so little information that has come out and i think there's a lot of parents that are very anxious about reuniting with their kids getting their kids out of other schools in the area and it has been told to us that there are just lines of parents trying to to get in to get their kids yeah even my my wife uh all the way across town has to be there to check our 17 year old daughter out of school they won't release her until she's with a parent or until the end of school when she would normally leave so there's a line of hundreds of people trying to get their kids out of different schools throughout the santa clarita valley and in in, in my case there's one gate there's one gate and uh I, if you know, memory serves. You tell the uh, whoever the resource officer is or security at the gate who your student is, and then they have to beckon the student. And that's going to be tedious and lengthy. Yeah. Uh, student Sharon Cordova told KNBC that she hid under a table in a nurse a nurse's office until officers came to get her. She said, "When I got out, I saw this person lying on the ground with blood all over." Student Mason Peters told KCAL that his class heard a distinctive sound outside. So my teacher, he said, quickly sprang to his feet, got up, locked the door, asked the students to get the keys. So we reinforced it, turned off all the lights, got to a bunch of desks and stuff, reinforced the doors, and we all stayed hidden. And that is the drill that these students and these teachers have been doing for years now. Uh, We talked earlier today with... Uh, producer Nick's cousin, Aiden, who is a student at Saugus High School. Hey, Aiden. Thanks for joining us. Hi. So have you talked to anyone that was that was there and saw anything on campus when this was going down? Um, I haven't talked to anybody who has seen on uh, the shooter or anything on campus, but I have talked to my friends who have heard the shots and then um, fled the campus. 
If uh, were you there at the time? I mean, what what was your morning like when you heard about this, and then had to call your um, mom and? Yeah, so my morning was I was pulling. I was just about to pull into the Saugus parking lot when I saw basically, uh, like what I keep saying, a, a max exodus of probably hundreds of students running out. I I look to my left and I see band people running out, uh, girls holding flutes and their instruments. They're running out. I saw one of the band members kind of drop his marching snare from his chest. He took it off and dropped it in the parking lot, and they're all running out. And I roll my window down because I, I look up and I see even more kids fleeing campus from the from the upper section. And I, I look out and I roll my window down and I ask what's going on. And a, a girl frantically, she just yells like, like, there's an active shooter, like, go. And then that's when everybody starts uh, kind of uh, ignoring the stop sign. And we all started trying to turn right down the street called Caraway to get out of there, which was then a uh, gridlock. Did you kind of feel like you knew exactly that something bad w- was happening when you just saw people flooding out of that building? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's uh, we're at the state where you see a bunch of kids running like that, and you just know that there is an active shooter or someone on campus attempting to harm kids. You guys have uh, you guys have done drills for this, right? I mean, I'm assuming just about every high school in the Santa Clarita Valley does these on a regular basis. Yeah, it's actually sad. We've had more active shooter drills in the past um, couple of years than we have um, earthquake great shakeouts. But yeah, I'd say that we we were very well prepared. Uh, all the teachers know what to do. Uh, they've instructed us multiple times on how to do it. They try to keep us updated. Uh, all the classrooms have big posters from the Los Angeles uh, Sheriff's Department saying what to do if you see something, say something, and what to do in case you're inside, or like how to look for a weapon. So. Yeah. Well, Aiden, thank you. And thank your mom, Cheryl, as well, for for helping us out, fill in some blanks here about what's going on. Appreciate it. And glad you're okay. Yeah, thank you. That was uh, that was producer Nick's cousin, Aiden, who is a student at Saugus High School. Uh, We talked a little bit earlier with Austin Dave, a reporter from the Santa Clarita Valley, about what's been going on and some of the reaction in terms of the initial reaction from parents and students community members there in and around uh, Saugus High School. Austin, where are you right now? I'm right now, I'm at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. This is where a lot of the victims are being brought to. Uh, it's our nearest trauma center here in the Santa Clarita Valley. And right now we have a multitude of ambulances and some sheriff's deputies here uh, at the hospital. But, you know, this is basically the end stop for a lot of them because they were both, they were all being loaded onto the ambulances at the school. Uh, being escorted by personnel from the California Highway Patrol, from the Los Angeles County Fire Department's paramedics. And so they were all coming here. Uh, we're right now waiting for a press conference to start. Uh, the press conference here at the hospital is going to start about 15 minutes after the uh, Sheriff's Department's press conference at Central Park. But I can tell you a lot of concerned parents uh, milling around here at the hospital trying to get any indication as to what's going on. Uh, many of them not getting updates that, hey, you know, you're supposed to pick up your children at Central Park. So we've been trying to get them to the parent reunification center there but i can tell you it's it's as i said earlier the two words i would use to describe the whole situation right now is uh, controlled chaos uh it, you mentioned that most of the people who were wounded is there another place that they may have been taken you know if anybody else that may have been injured maybe not as seriously that could wait through an ambulance ride or a helicopter ride to somewhere else uh, no word yet of any other hospitals, but I know that the nearest hospitals here would be um, Holy Cross over in the San Fernando Valley, Northridge Hospital, uh, which also has a pediatrics unit. And we also have Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital here in Santa Clarita. 
Um, as far as um, anyone else being taken to any other hospitals, we have no clear indication at this point uh, where they're being taken to, but Henry Mayo is typically where they've been bringing in a lot of the um, anybody who's been injured. Do you uh, do you get a sense that this uh, this is over in terms of no one else is being brought into the the hospital? In fact, I actually saw they had coned off the entrance to the emergency room. Is that right? Yeah, typically when you have a situation like this, like a mass casualty situation, they'll lock down uh, the hospital and start treating them and preparing for any other uh, victims to come in. They'll start doing triage and whatnot. But um, so far, we we haven't seen any other ambulances entering. We haven't seen any other ambulances uh, leaving the school as well. Uh, the hospital and the school are about, I want to say, three to four miles apart. Uh, the hospital being on the west end, the school being on kind of the central north end of the city. And so it's a, it's a very long road for them to get here, um, but we have not seen any other victims being transported in the last probably half hour to an hour. Austin, appreciate the check-in. Austin Dave better. there, sure uh, reporter in Santa Clarita. Here's where we're at. Fire officials say six victims were transported from the scene. Henry Mayo Hospital, where Austin is, says it had received four patients and that one female victim has been killed did succumb to her injuries. Two male patients in critical condition, a third male in good condition. Um, a report also from redstate.com who cites multiple sources that the shooter has been declared brain dead at Henry Mayo Hospital. But again, that has not been confirmed. We are awaiting a press conference from the sheriff. The sheriff's department tweeting out just seconds ago that they appreciate the patience and that the press conference will begin shortly. So that's where we're at there. And then following that press conference and that briefing, we will get more information from Henry Mayo Hospital. We uh, Andrew Mullenbeck is there at Central Park and uh, we're trying to he's there waiting for the news conference as well. Our own Monica Ricks is at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital waiting for the update on that. We'll take a break and come back. And if again, if any of these news conferences start, uh, we will definitely jump in immediately and bring them to you live. Again, Gary and Shannon covering story, covering the breaking story today about the shooting at Saugus High School up in Santa Clarita. At this point, one fatality. We know of one female who has been killed, but no other identifying information has been given. That shot is so eerie of all the abandoned backpacks. Yeah. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're going to go live to Santa Clarita at Central Park. Looks like uh, the dignitaries, law enforcement agencies have gathered around the podium. see a county supervisor there. Uh, different, I see the sheriff as well. And uh, we're going to wait for some information. Hopefully they'll be able to shed some light on exactly what happened. The shooting at Saugus High School this morning. Uh, Blake, go ahead. Yeah, I got, here we go. I got somebody talking on the microphone. See if we can... Good morning. I'm Sergeant Benjamin Grubb with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department's Sheriff Information Bureau. I thank you all for coming here today. Um, I want to get right into it regarding this incident in Santa Clarita, uh, specifically Saugus High School. Without further ado, uh, Sheriff Alex Villanueva and uh, homicide Sheriff's Homicide Captain Kent Wegener, W-E-G-N-E-G-N-E-R. I regret to inform it's a sad day in Saugus, it's a sad day in Los Angeles County and the nation for another uh, tragic shooting at a school. At 7.38 this morning, 
Santa Clarita Sheriff's Station received a 911 call of a, a shooting at Saugus High School. Within uh, seconds, we received multiple calls, and within two minutes, at 7.40, our first units arrived on scene and encountered uh, in the quad area of the school uh, multiple victims, gunshot wounds. There were a total of six victims who were promptly uh, triaged and transported to the local hospitals for treatment. Among those who were transported turned out to be the suspect, who was currently in the hospital in, in grave condition, and he's a male, Asian, 16 years of age, and a student of the school. The other five students, I'll have Captain Wegner uh, provide their, their demographics. The school was locked down. They did partial evacuation. We also sheltered in place a portion of the school until we established who was, uh, who was responsible for this tragic uh, shooting. The uh, surrounding schools in the area were also placed on lockdown as a precaution. We uh, did uh, identified who the who the shooter was through firsthand witnesses, video surveillance. We confirmed it. We then executed a search warrant at the residence of the suspect, and now we're going through the very lengthy process of uh, conducting a thorough investigation to figure out what happened and why. At the same time, we're busy now doing the reunification with the students, with their parents, and all of the effective students have been notified, their families have been notified, and they're with them currently. So I'm now going to turn this over to uh, Captain Wegner. Thank you, Sheriff. My name is Cap Captain Kent Wegener, W-E-G-E-N-E-R. I'm the captain of Sheriff's Homicide Bureau. This morning at 7.38, Santa Clarita Station received a call of a 2.45 just occurred, an assault with a deadly weapon, a shooting that had just occurred at 21900 Centurion Way in Santa Clarita at Saugus High School. Upon arrival within two minutes, Santa Clarita deputies recognized that it was an active shooter situation and uh, conducted a rapid deployment onto the school premises. When they reached the quad area, they discovered six persons who were suffering for gun from gunshot students, um, excuse me, gunshot wounds. These were all students of the high school. All the students were triaged and transported to a local hospital. The suspect was later identified as one of the victims who was found in the quad. He is identified as a 16-year-old male whose birthday is today. The weapon that he used was recovered at the scene. It's a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol, which had no more rounds in it, had no more bullets in it. He is a residence in the 22900 block of Sycamore Creek Drive in Santa Clarita. That location was, was contained by sheriff's deputies and a cursory search was done to identify any other potential victims which may be at, at the location. There were none there. It is now being contained. A search warrant is being written, and it will be conducted to process that scene for evidence. We are in the process of interviewing students who were witnesses uh, to this incident. Some of those students are being taken to, are, are still at the high school in a uh, in a multi-purpose room, and other students are at Great Grace Baptist Church, where they will be interviewed by sheriff's homicide detectives. Additionally, we have scenes at the quad at the school to process the crime scene there. A team at the suspect's house, a team at, at, the, uh, at 
two different local hospitals. And we have another team that's working with our tech crew to process any video which we may be able to get from the uh, surveillance system at the high school. The FBI is here and they are collaborating with us to preserve and capture any cell phone video which the students may have captured of this incident at the time that it happened. The suspect's uh, girlfriend and his mother are at Santa Clarita Station with detectives currently. Detectives have reviewed the video at the scene, which clearly show the su subject in the quad withdraw a handgun from his backpack, shoot and wound five people, and then shoot himself in the head. There are no other subjects who are outstanding as part of this incident or who took part in this assault. The victims who are hospitalized, and I regret to say that at 9.23 this morning, one of the female victims, age 16, passed away. Her parents are at the hospital. There's another female victim, age 14, another female victim, age 15, and two male victims, each uh, 14 years of age. Again, this is preliminary information. I know there are rumors out there about social media posts and, and uh, different videos that may have been posted from the scene. We will be looking into that. At this point, I don't have any information about that. I can tell you that we have checked for recent threats uh, involving uh, Saugus High School. We identified two, which were both investigated and had no nexus to this subject. At this point, I... Uh, Thank you. Uh, next, I'd like to introduce, uh, uh, yeah, Los Angeles County Fire Department Chief Darrell Osby. Thank you. Hello, Darrell Osby, Fire Chief of the Los Angeles County Fire Department. And as mentioned today at the Saugus incident, this is a pretty sobering incident for those involved including first responders. Um, on behalf of the Los Angeles County Fire Department, our sympathies and prayers and positive spirits go out to everyone that was affected. As mentioned previously, along with the Sheriff's Department, the Los Angeles County Fire Department got a call at 7.38 this morning for a shooting at Saugus High School. Um, our resources arrived unseen with the Sheriff's already unseen. Um, we trained routinely with the Sheriff's Department for these types of incidents. Um, our personnel went in with force protection, which means protection from the sheriffs to go in and assess the scene. Um, at the height of the incident, the Los Angeles County Fire Department had 10 fire engines, seven paramedic squads, 24 ambulances, one helicopter, and the appropriate overhead on scene. Our objectives during these types of incidents is life safety intervention triage, treatment, and transportation to the hospital. As mentioned earlier, there were a total of six victims that were inflicted by gunshots. They were considered critical on scene. The most critical, unfortunately, had one was a headshot to the head, and the other was a cardiac full arrest. Four victims were transported to Henry Mayo Hospital. Two other critical were transported to Holy Cross Hospital, and then we had a non-critical that was transported 
to all of you for a total of seven incidents. Um, as we conclude this incident, from the fire department's perspective, working with the sheriffs and investigators, also um, there were several members of my department, and this is a very close-knit community that had kids that were also at the school. And some of those members have already been relieved um, to get the proper peer support and mental support on behalf of the department and on behalf of the county of Los Angeles. So our department will continue to support our personnel with the appropriate mental, spiritual, and behavioral support along with their families, and we will keep everyone else involved in our deepest thoughts. Thank you. Now from the Los Angeles field office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Assistant Director in Charge, Paul Delacourt. Good morning. I'm Paul Delacourt, Assistant Director in Charge of the FBI's Los Angeles field office. We're once again here in front of you another somber and sobering press statement. We're talking about something that uh, no parents should ever have to go through, uh, no high school student should ever have to worry about, and yet we're here to talk about it again. The FBI rolled crisis response uh, resources. Uh, we are here in support of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department at this time. We are collaborating on victim and witness interviews and digital media exploitation. We have uh, begun a social media scrub. We have our evidence response team and our uh, victim witness services teams on standby ready to assist. We uh, have resources available from Cyber Division and our laboratory division if necessary to assist the L.A. County Sheriff's Department in this investigation. I can report to you that at this time we have no known additional threats. We have uh, no threats to this or any other school or no threats to this or any other area. We're uh, here at this point is a police cooperation matter. We will run all the leads to ground, but at this point we have no indication of any motivation or ideology. It's early on in this investigation. I'm pleased with the collaboration with our partners, proud of our uh, response and our collaboration with our partners. But once again, it's sad that we have had to bring those resources to bear in another situation like this. Thank you. Next, uh, Los Angeles County Supervisor Catherine Barger. I first want to thank L.A. County Sheriff's Department, who responded within two minutes to, of the call that came in um, regarding this horrific act. Uh, we have Department of Mental Health has support teams on site right now working with the students as well as the family members. Um, as you can imagine, um, the impact this is going to have not only on the school but on this community is tremendous. And the Department of Mental Health stands ready to support the community in an entirety. I want to thank uh, some members, Christy Smith, for being here. We've got the state, federal, um, and local officials all here working together. Uh, many people are asking why. Um, that will come with time, but right now our focus is on supporting the community. And you heard Chief Osby say that many of the sheriffs and fire officials that, that work here live here and either have children that attend the school or attend the school. So this has hit very, very, very close to home. Um, my heart aches, but I stand ready to support this community and lead and make sure that we provide the resources necessary to help. Thank you. Next, uh, we have Assembly Member Christy Smith. 
Thank you. It's a very tragic day for our communities. And I stand with Supervisor Barger in thanking our first responders, the law enforcement community with Sheriff's Department, our fire department for their immediate response and preventing further loss of life in this matter. I also stand with the county, the city, our school district allies in saying the state will bring all necessary resources to bear as we help the victims of this senseless tragedy to recover, as we help our community to recover, as hopefully we learn something from this tragedy about how we move on and hopefully prevent future tragedies like this. But we appreciate your cooperation and your sensitivity to what our community is going through right now. We are very close-knit. We will come together and we will survive. We just can't afford another tragic day like this. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Santa Clarita Mayor Marsha McLean. Thank you. Uh, we, may, we may be the third largest city in L.A. County, but we are a close-knit, family-oriented community, and our family sticks together. I have a granddaughter who was at Saugus High School this morning, and when I heard about it, the feeling that went over me was indescribable. So I felt the same thing that our families are feeling about their kids here in the community. And I just want to say that we, as a city, are going to be working with all agencies together to try and get through this terrible, terrible experience including making our activity center available for this evening between 5 and 7. The school district will tell you more about that. I just want every single family member to know that we are with you, our heart is with you, and that's all I can say uh, as to, to this hor horrible thing. There's no, no words to describe it. Thank you. Uh, from Hart School District. Uh, Colin Nielsen. Thank you. I'd like to first thank our uh, first responders and the city of Santa Clarita for their tremendous response this morning. First and foremost, our hearts go out to the families of those affected by this terrible incident. Words are insufficient in times such as these. Nevertheless, we want to give you the facts that we have available to us at this moment regarding the incident at Saugus High School this morning. There was a shooting at Saugus High School before the start of classes. Law enforcement responded immediately and came on campus to address the situation with a massive presence. Several students have been transported, as you've heard, to local hospitals. All schools in the Hart District were initially placed on lockdown as a precaution to deal with, and to allow law enforcement to deal with the situation. At this point, all schools have been removed from lockdown. Once the scene was declared safe by law enforcement, Saugus students were transported to Central Park via city and district buses to be re reunited with their families. We are currently in the process of formulating a plan to care for our school and our community and will continue sharing updates as we learn more, including for the, uh, the plan for the days ahead. Tonight at the Santa Clarita Activity Center from 5 to 7 p.m., we will have, a grief we will have grief counselors and mental health professionals available for our community. We will continue to work together with law enforcement, the City of Santa Clarita, and our community partners. We encourage the Hart District family to check with our website for, for regular updates. Thank you. Okay, again, we're going to do one more speaker, and then we're going to do Spanish. Uh, Santa Clarita Sheriff Station Captain Rondos. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for coming to get the message out to the community. My name is Robert Lewis, and I am the captain for Santa Clarita Valley Sheriff Station. 
This is a tough day for Santa Clarita. I've been a 52-year resident of Santa Clarita, and I grew up in the Saugus area. Santa Clarita is a very, very strong community, and I appreciate uh, everyone surrounding themselves around us this morning and helping as much as possible from the community. We are working through this event over the course of the next few hours and the course of the next few days. Uh, currently, we have a reunification center here at Central Park. We want to make sure that everyone knew that that was the reunification center for all parents uh, and children who go to who went to Saugus High School. As well as I want to make sure that uh, the community is aware that we, as Captain Wagner had spoken, we have uh, several people that witnessed this, and we are going to be talking to them, and we've been in contact with them and their parents to make sure uh, that they know that they are safe. So we're getting the communication out to the public as, as quickly as possible and getting the information out uh, to everyone and all the residents. As we move forward over the course of the next few days, uh, I'd like to look in every single camera's eye and look in every eye of every resident of Santa Clarita and the surrounding area and everyone who helps us. Santa Clarita is a very, very, very strong community. Uh, I ask the parents and I ask everybody in the community, in the days ahead and in the years ahead, the main thing we need to do is wrap our arms around each other, make sure we keep in contact with our kids, with each other, in our relationships, in our families, so we know what our family members are going through, so we know what's happening in everyone's lives. As a strong community between Santa Cruz and unincorporated area, 294,000 residents, we all, 294,000 residents, need to gather around uh, this incident. Uh, tragic and tragedy struck, but how do we come out of, out of tragedy? We come out of it by uh, surrounding each other, uh, holding hands, uh, saying prayers, and spending time together. To see and, and see to see what's going on, see what's happening, and then uh, my last thing is we need to say no more. As uh, the FBI special agent said, this is a tragic event. It happens happens too frequently, and across the nation, I hear frequently no more, no more, no more. When are we going to come together as a community, Santa Clarita, and the rest of the communities, to say no more? It really has to be put out there through you, the media, to get that information out. Right, thank you very much for being here. Uh, we'll be taking some questions in a few minutes. And I think we have one more speaker. Uh, the, we're going to have one more speaker that's going to come up from Henry Mayo Hospital, uh, Patrick Moody. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for coming. I appreciate it. Okay, so maybe they... Okay, now the sheriff uh, is going to do a Spanish interview with the assistance of uh, homicide uh, Kent, Captain Kent Wagner. I thought they just said they had a spokesperson from Henry Mayo coming on. I did too. I think what that mean. I think what that uh, sheriff, Captain, may have been mistaken that they will go to Henry Mayo and do the news conference there. Right. Across town a little bit later. Again, um, we've been listening to the update from the sheriff's department, other law enforcement agencies, about what happened at Saugus High School today. And the the updated numbers directly from the sheriff's department is that one 16-year-old student was killed, a female, that the 16-year-old shooter, a male, is apparently on life support at this point after turning the gun on himself, that there are four other students who are in the hospital being treated, two females, a 14- and 15-year-old, and then two males, both of them 14 years old, uh, being treated right now at the hospital. The girlfriend and the mother of the shooter are currently in interviews with police. 
Captain Wagoner, Captain Kurt Wagoner with the L.A. County Sheriff's Homicide Bureau said that there is video that clearly shows the shooter in the quad withdraw that 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol from his backpack, shoot and wound five people, then shoot himself in the head that there were no bullets remaining in that pistol. Uh, it doesn't make, I'm counting. That's not enough bullets, but uh, depending on how many shots, I mean, um, unless the, it could have, one bullet could have done more damage than just one on one person. Or he shot a couple of times. I'm saying there's usually 11, 12, 13 in there. And, uh, and for him to only have shot five people, perhaps we got lucky. Um, or maybe it wasn't fully loaded. Or it wasn't fully loaded. That's the other option. We don't know where the weapon came from. There have been suggestions that it, this was a family weapon. We, we do not know that at this point. That's what the FBI does is they figure that sort of thing out. Um, the uh, Like you said, the mother of the suspect and a girlfriend apparently are being uh, talked to by detectives at the nearby sheriff's station. The hospital itself, Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital, is also expected to hold a news conference as soon as this one wraps up. And again, it's uh, Villanueva is speaking in Spanish right now, giving Spanish media and Spanish residents of the area an opportunity to under, to hear it in, in that language so that we can get as much information out there as possible. Uh, Blake, let's dip back in and see if he's taken some questions yet about this. No, not yet. Still not yet. Spanish? Not yet. He's still in Spanish. So here's how it went down. The first 911 call came into the sheriff's station there at 7.38 a.m. Uh, within seconds, there were multiple calls. And by 7.40, just two minutes after the first call, the first units arrived on the scene there at Sagas High School that they encountered multiple victims in the quad with gunshot wounds. There were six victims, in fact, and they were triaged, then transported. And again, the shooter one of those people. We we heard from the uh, from the FBI as well. The representative from uh, from the FBI suggests that they were doing a full social media scrub on this person to see if they could find any more information about potential threats that that this student may have made against the high school. And he said that there were none. There were two other threats, or what could be considered threats, but that neither of those two had any sort of uh, connection to. To this specific person. All right, let's go back to this news conference. The sheriff taking questions then. Okay. And you know, I can't comment on that. I do want to update one thing. We just received word that the one of the 14-year-old victims at the hospital has also passed away. Just just there's, moments ago. There's three of them, sheriff. So we need, um, we need a gender on that. Our fatalities now were two. So with heavy heart, we're gonna. Move forward with the investigation, figure out what went wrong. And uh, I hate to have Saugus be added to the names of Columbine, Parkland, Sandy Hook, but it's a reality that affects us all throughout the nation, something we're going to have to deal with. And as Captain Lewis said, we got to figure out what are we doing wrong and how can we stop this from happening in the future. So we'll figure that out over time. We have six struck by gunfire, and that includes the suspect. That was a non. That was a non-critical, non-shot victim. Not, not a gunshot. Not a gunshot. Yeah. Right. I interviewed a, a girl who was in a choir class and said there was a girl who was in huddle with her, uh, sheltering for about uh, about 20 minutes. Herself was shot. 
discovered she was shot, and she was uh, taken out, I guess, when the police first arrived. So I wonder if she may have gone to the hospital later. Well, she'd probably be one of those six. But we'll, we'll, we'll sort through all of that as time goes on. It's not like he knows what he's, what's going on here. No, it's a male student. Okay, so it's a male student that has now died, that a male 14-year-old. So we have a 16-year-old okay. girl killed and a 14-year-old male student killed. That's, we're way too early in the investigation to be able to figure that out. But we'll, we'll be able to get to that. Sir? Yes, as as uh, the fire chief said, this school, a lot of our local, from our department, from the fire department, from other police departments, this area has an awful lot of law enforcement presence there. So it would not surprise me if they were available and did respond. No, I have not seen it personally. He's one of the ones, he... Critically, he shot himself in the head, so he's in grave condition. He is not one of the ones that has passed away. Yes. Yeah, it was a 16-year-old female and a 14-year-old male. The information we have is that they're not in critical condition. The ones that were in critical are the ones that have passed away. And outside of the suspect himself, the other ones, I won't comment any further. I'll leave that up to uh, a representative from the hospital. And from Henry Mayo Hospital, Public Information Officer Patrick Moody, M-O-O-D-Y. So I'll be brief. I'm sorry to be here today. About 80% of our employees live in the Santa Clarita Valley, so we are touched by this. Our hearts go out to the victims and their families. We train for this year-round. We hope the day will never come, and today it came. We were prepared. We immediately called the code triage, and we, prepared, and we were prepared to receive patients. We had four patients at the hospital. Two are deceased. One is in critical condition, and one is in good condition. The question that you're all going to ask me is, is the suspect at Henry Mayo? It's a question I can't answer. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, defer that question to the Sheriff's Department. Thank you very much. Okay, without further ado, that's going to be it for this evening's press conference. There will be updates put out later. Uh, please follow social media and Los Angeles County Sheriff Department's Facebook this, and Internet this pages. This math isn't we'll adding up. No, it's not. It's, it, this is a very frustrating thing, and the sheriff is, should be ashamed of himself for not clearing this up. Right. You've got six people who were shot when you include the suspect who shot himself. So you have the suspect, you have the 16-year-old girl who was killed, and the 14-year-old boy who was killed. Right. And then you have three more people. That is not the math we got from Patrick Moody with Henry Mayo. No, if if he was saying that they had four patients and two of them are deceased, that leaves somebody else dangling in the wind. And we have no idea the actual condition or the location of, a, a, of this, whoever the sixth person might be. It doesn't make any sense. This is this is uh, this is unfortunate for them to have something like this not 
add up. It's a complete lack of organization. Um, So hopefully they'll be able to clear this up. We are standing by for an update from Henry Mayo, uh, Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital, which is where Patrick Moody was a representative for. We do expect that they're going to hold a news conference and at least hopefully give some clarification as to that. The the other option is, listen, um, one of the earlier speakers had suggested that there were two hospitals that that people were taken right and if that's the case then that would obviously account for where this other person might be it looks like there may be other students that were taken to holy cross medical center and then according to the fire department a non-critical patient was taken to yet another medical facility okay well that that does make sense but that's got you've got to be able to hammer that sort of stuff out in the initial news conference like um, this. You want so. to take a quick break for news? Yeah, let's do that. When we come back, again, if we do hear anything from the hospital, we'll bring it to you immediately. Uh, but we are following this story, and we'll get to sort of all of this organized, figure out what's going on here, and uh, and bring you the latest here in just a second on The Gary and Shannon Show. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app with continuing coverage of the school shooting at Saugus High School early this morning, about 20 minutes to 8 o'clock. The unfortunate news that we just got moments ago is that a second victim has died from his injuries. Now we have a 16-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy that have been killed in this shooting. The suspect going into the quad at 7.38 and opening fire with a 45 before putting that gun to his head. We uh, we got all of the information, uh, at least the preliminary information, from the sheriff and also the head of uh, Sheriff's Department Homicide, Kent Wegener. And it, the explanation about it is not easy to listen to, but this was, uh, this was Captain Wegener explaining what it was that went on right after the phone calls were received at 738. Within two minutes, they said deputies were first to arrive on the scene. Upon arrival within two minutes, Santa Clarita deputies realized that it was an active shooter situation and uh, conducted a rapid deployment onto the school premises. When they reached the quad area, they discovered six persons who were suffering from gunshot students, um, excuse me, gunshot wounds. These were all students of the high school. All the students were triaged and transported to a local hospital. The suspect was later identified as one of the victims who was found in the quad. He is identified as a 16-year-old male whose birthday is today. The weapon that he used was recovered at the scene. It's a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol, which had no more rounds in it, had no more bullets in it. Andrew, right. Andrew Mullenbeck is out at, uh, at Central Park now and joins us. Andrew, did you by any chance get any clarification on... Uh, where all the victims were taken. I know there was one spokesperson from Henry Mayo Medical Center, but it sounds like the math was off and that there may have been students taken to some other places as well. Yeah, I think Mission Hills was one of the other places. And maybe the reason the math was off is because they want to be careful not to specifically identify where the shooter himself is in the hospital. And so that might be why the the numbers didn't quite add up. Because uh, as you heard, uh, the sheriff's department saying there the shooter, according to the surveillance video that they have, uh, shot himself in the head. And he was one of the six people who 
We found the quad of a gunshot wound, and his condition is described as grave at this point, but we don't have the hospital that he's in. So he still is another one who is in this critical condition, and it was rather unusual and, and really tragic to, in the middle of a news conference, find out that a second student had been killed. You know, when the news conference started, we only knew about one, and uh, toward the very end is when uh, someone whispered in the sheriff's ear, and we got the word that a second student had been killed. There were uh, different agencies that were represented there. The FBI, I thought, was interesting. Um, was it usual? Would we expect them in a situation like this, at least this early on? Usually you do see that, I would say, in L.A. and usually ATF. Uh, you tend to see those agencies come together pretty quickly. And another reason you might have seen it happen so fast is it was mentioned often that Many of the employees or even department brass live in the Santa Clarita Valley. And so it not only hit close to home, but it was also something that they could be here pretty quickly as opposed to maybe coming from downtown L.A. So there was uh, quite a bit of federal presence here. And again, they're looking into motive, any possible inspiration, whether it was bullying. None of that has come out so far. Obviously, it's very early, but... The surveillance video is going to be key and has already been key for investigators because uh, just hours after this happened, they were able to watch back the surveillance video, they say, of uh, this student, uh, 16 years old today, walking into the quad, shooting five people and then himself in the head. And even that cleared up just a little bit. These things always change so quickly during a breaking news situation. But there was talk earlier in the morning that, Maybe the shooter had run off into an area or they were searching a brushy area or a riverbed or a home. That was not the case, that the student shot himself right in the quad and never made it beyond that. Subsequently, his home was uh, searched, but he shot himself right at the school. Yeah, I understand that now police are interviewing his mother and his girlfriend and carrying out that that search warrant to figure out what led to this. And is that where the investigation goes now, focusing on the home and the uh, and the interviews with the personal connections? Yeah, the home. And I, I would also say the gun. Uh, the gun is a forty five caliber. So and it had no rounds left. So he he apparently emptied the chamber. Uh, we don't know how many rounds he fired in total, but there were none left when investigators got to the gun. So questions will be, where did he get it? How did he get it? And whether there were any plans. Even one thing the Sheriff's Department did comment on on social media was rumors about social media posts were there threats ahead of time. Now, nothing concrete has been said, and we can't independently check because no name has been released. But uh, the sheriff's department says that is something that it's going to look into, whether it's something very public, such as Facebook, for example, or whether it was kind of in the dark web, whether something was posted. None of that is clear, but it is something that investigators are going to look at. Andrew, thank you. We'll check back in with you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. All right, Andrew Mullenbeck there with the latest uh, from Central Park. He was in there listening to that news conference just like we were. Uh, There are... There are three things that are sticking out to me about this. Um, Number one, we both looked at what was uh, reported to us as perhaps this kid's uh, Instagram account before it was scrubbed. Mm -hmm. And 
to Andrew's point there about looking through, you know, um, uh, federal investigators looking through to see if there was any sort of post or threat or anything like that, whether on something open like Instagram or something, you know, more nefarious. And we saw that line, Saugus, have fun at school tomorrow. It's right in the bio, right in his bio, right underneath uh, the, the name that he has for himself on Instagram. But that on its face That's not is not enough. That could mean anything. That wouldn't, to me, stick out as, oh, this kid's going to go shoot up the school. Furthermore, he's got uh, not many followers. Right. He's got 160-something followers. I think he got followers after the shooting so that people could comment and tell, you know, and write bad, mean things. So even that's inflated. I think that's absolutely inflated. Uh, There was also a suggestion that one of the posts, it's actually cut off on the printout that we have, but one of the posts may have been of a weapon, uh, of a handgun. It was farther down. I saw it. It was hard to tell. It looked like it could have been a weapon laying on its side. A picture taken sort of from the side that you wouldn't necessarily see it glaringly as, oh, my gosh, that's a handgun. But it could have been. Again, that th- those have all been taken down. Don't bother searching for them. You're not going to find them. There's looks- two other, but there's two other things I want to point out. First of all, the, the uh, homicide captain, Kent Wagner, said today is the kid's birthday. Right. Turned 16 today. And then the third thing that sticks out to me is that there were no more bullets left in this weapon. So... Regardless of how many shots were fired, it doesn't – I mean, that's it's a ticky-tack little detail to get into. It's not important necessarily in terms of uh, what happened. But it, there's one – there's two explanations for that. Number one, there just happened to be one left when he decided to turn the gun on himself. The second option is he was counting and knowing that there was one left. Or I guess – I, mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's – to me, that's a weird. It that's seems, a weird, specific, odd thing to have happened. It seems like it wasn't a split second decision to turn the gun on himself. That that was part of the plan all along. And if that's the case, he could have held one back, and then he could have held one back when he knew that the cops were coming. I don't know. All right. Uh, We look it looks like we're going to get an update out of Henry Mayo, the hospital where most of the victims were taken coming up at about one o'clock. We'll take a break for news, come back with uh, with all the latest. Just heartbreak again out of Saugus High School. Another school shooting has killed at least a 16 year old girl and a 14 year old boy this morning. Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All day we've been telling you the story about Saugus High School. Uh, shooter this morning walked into the quad, shot five other students before then turning the gun on himself. We're still trying to exactly figure out where all of the students happen to be um, because for one reason, uh, they're not giving us the identity of the shooter and they don't want to tell us exactly which hospital uh, the shooter is in because they're either in very grave condition or perhaps brain dead and on life support. We're not quite certain. Um, but at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital, they say they had two um, two kids who were pronounced dead at the hospital, one 14-year-old boy and one 16-year-old girl. There are at least three other patients who are still alive and being treated 
that are either at Henry Mayo or Holy Cross Mission Hills, which has a couple of students, um, two female students, 14 and 15 years old, that are being treated, and one 14-year-old boy also being treated and still alive. We talked about how Nick's cousin goes to Saugus High School. Your daughter is in the school across town. And our other KFI family member, Deborah Mark, has her brother, who's a teacher there, and your niece, who's a student as well. What has your day been like? Uh, it's been crazy. Uh, so my brother was in lockdown. He's a teacher. He's also the cross-country and track coach. So he was running at the school this morning before school started. And he told me that he started seeing kids just screaming and yelling and jumping over fences. And so he ran into a classroom. So he was kind of locked down there. And there was a sheriff's official right outside his classroom. His daughter, my niece, is a student there. And she was in a separate classroom, completely freaking out. He couldn't get to her. So it was really scary. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So were they able to communicate on, on the phones? Or? Fortunately, they were able to text. Yeah. But he... He was stuck in this classroom by himself, knowing that his daughter, who's very emotional, is in a different classroom. And then my other niece goes to a different school. She's younger, and she was on lockdown. And so she's hearing about her father and her sister at this school where the shooting took place. To that end, do you know what she was told? I mean, having not, my daughter was also on lockdown, but she said that they didn't tell anybody anything that was going on, at least not initially. I have not been told... I have not heard, I should say, what they've been told. Yeah. I talked to my brother. It was it was pretty emotional. I mean, he – I think he was so emotional that they were okay. Yeah. But I, I literally just got off the phone with him again as I was coming in here, and he finally was able to get his kids, and so they're all okay. But it was it was very emotional for our family. I mean, we're all affected by these school shootings, especially being in the news because we report on them all the time. But to have – to have it happen, sorry, I'm just, ooh, it's emotional. To have it happen to somebody in your family, fortunately, they're okay, but. It's too close. And the thing is, my I feel bad for my nieces because I was talking to my sister-in-law via text and she doesn't want to send, she doesn't want to send her girls back to school. And when I was talking to my brother, he said, what am I supposed to tell them? Because I'm supposed to keep them safe. So what am I supposed to tell them? To send them back to school. Right. And I started thinking, what, like what you do can't you tell guarantee them? You it. can't guarantee their safety. No. And and it's it's scary. As parents, we, we can't. I well, mean, we don't know if this happens at, at, at a mall, at a restaurant, whatever. And even if you said to them something as logical and, and logic-based as the chances of this happening again at Saugus High School or even another high school within the Santa Clarita Valley is so minuscule. But you can't guarantee. You, that That's right. I started, that I started yeah. saying that to my brother when yeah. I was suggesting what he says to my niece. And then I said, but then she's going to turn around and say, but there could be another student that has issues. Here's, here's what I think you're going to see as a result of, of what we've said a couple of times already about that area. That All kinds of cops, law enforcement, retired, current, all that sort of stuff, first responders live in that area. I feel like this is one of those times where we're going to see a response unlike we've seen in other places from, from you know other incidents like this where the law enforcement community – whether you work for the L.A. County Sheriff's Department within the city or not, or you just happen to live there but work for Burbank or Beverly Hills, wherever you work, this is the this is the type of incident where the response will be people lining the streets, welcoming these kids back into school or volunteering and saying, I will stand on that campus uh, as a security guard, whether or not if, – if you're a parent and you're not 
allowed to carry a weapon or whatever, and you want to stand on the outside and be on the sidewalk, that to me is what I think is the response is going to be here. How can you prevent that from happening, though? The surveillance video shows this kid standing in the crowded quad, pulling that forty-five out and shooting right away before putting the gun to his own head. Even if there's an officer on that campus there's still going to be damage done. Right, but my point is that you, not just to have an officer on campus, right, not just to have the sheriff's deputy who's regularly stationed there or a school resource officer or something like that, but actual physical, I can see you when I walk into campus every single day. I, there's somebody I have to walk past yeah. before I can do the act that I'm planning on doing. Now, that's not, again, not a guarantee that it what would prevent uh, it. What about metal, metal detectors? That's what I was going to say, At every right? single campus. Well, we saw there was a girl who was doing an interview today with one of the TV stations, tears in her eyes, begging for things like that. Yeah. Banging, begging for Absolutely. metal detectors. I think, and that you, I think that's where sense. we're headed. I think that's exactly where we're headed. Um, all right. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Alex Stone, who's been covering this as well in terms of what's been going on. Alex, what are you seeing up there? Well, hey, guys, yeah, things have definitely calmed down at Saugus High School. I just made the way from Saugus down here to Central Park and still the, the sheriff's helicopter is parked right here. A lot of activity going on. But at the school, it's uh, far calmer than it was a couple of hours ago. The, the parents have pretty much trickled away now where they had been. They're at the school, then they were told to come here to, to Central Park, and now most of them, it seems like, have reunited with their kids. But it was the buses coming in, leaving. It's not very far, Central Park, from where Saugus High School is, maybe a quarter of a mile, coming down here, dropping the kids off, and then reuniting uh, with their parents. But just some incredibly emotional text messages that, that we've seen now from the, the messages the kids were sending out when they heard the gunfire while they were hiding in the, the classrooms and then wherever they could hide, uh, many of them didn't know if they were going to make it through it. And there was one that, that we read uh, to a parent saying, I love you. Thank you for everything you've done for me. I don't know if I'm going to make it out. Oh my Just God. really emotional messages that were going out to parents who they were on their way to work. They were at home. They were getting these and then trying to race down here to get to their kids. Alex, thanks for the report. Yeah, when we come back, I want to go through some of the anecdotes from the students who were there and went through just a morning of sheer hell. Parents as well, the not knowing for so long. Even if it's five minutes, feels like I would imagine five days. All right, uh, we'll continue our coverage of the shooting at Saugus High School up in the Santa Clarita Valley. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Been following uh, information out of the Santa Clarita Valley at Saugus High School, a shooting where five students were shot, and then the shooter turned the gun on himself, killed himself, well, shot himself in the head, I should say, and apparently is considered in very grave condition or brain dead or on life support or some combination thereof. That's what we know. Um, at least two people were killed, one 14-year-old boy and one 16-year-old girl. There were three other students who are still uh, recovering, two girls, 14 and 15 years old, and then one 14-year-old boy. 
We heard from Captain Kent Wagner from the L.A. County Sheriff's Homicide Bureau that they do have surveillance video that is very clear. And it shows the shooter in the quad at 7.30 a.m. He takes that forty-five caliber semi-automatic pistol out of his backpack, shoots the other five students, then turns the gun on himself and shoots himself in the head. And that was the scene that deputies found when they arrived just two minutes after the first 911 call. Uh, now we're getting word that there may be three hospitals involved in all of this in terms of where some of the students went. There was a reference to at least one student that was treated for a non-gunshot wound injury, non-life-threatening or anything like that. But we understand that uh, Henry Mayo, which is the closest hospital to Saugus, that would be where the two kids were pronounced dead Holy Cross Mission Hills has a couple of patients as well that are considered both in one in fair condition, one in good condition, and that there may also be uh, somebody being treated at All of You Medical Center, which is just over the hill, basically, from where Saugus would be here in the valley. We're hearing what these students went through this morning. Shauna Arandi is 16. She says she was in her Spanish class doing homework when she heard four gunshots. She initially thought that they were instruments from a band class. And then a student burst into the room saying that he'd seen the shooter and her classmates. She said, we were all just stunned into complete silence. She said later, as she sat in that park with her dad, my worst nightmare actually came true. This is it. She said, I'm going to die. That was her thought. Freshman Rosie Rodriguez says she was walking up the library stairs when she heard noises that sounded like balloons popping She realized when she saw the other students running that those weren't balloons. Those were gunshots. She still had her backpack as she raced across the street to a home of a stranger. And the person obviously let her in and 10 other students. And they were just all inside this stranger's home crying, scared. Uh, We understand that the... The district itself, the school district itself, all of the schools basically in the Santa Clarita Valley were on lockdown at some point earlier today. My daughter was involved in that as well. And there were some communication issues, at least early on. They weren't telling the kids exactly what was happening. And uh, it's 2019. I mean, it didn't take long for them to figure out at least the rumors about what was going on. This hit the entire area, I want to say, nearly equally as hard because there are so many parents we're learning about families that have kids spread out um, in, in various schools. There are some parents that had three kids at three different schools in lockdown. You know, and I just cannot imagine your heart being in three different places like that under these circumstances. Um, One of the anecdotes that really hit me earlier was um, one from a guy named Anthony Bresnikin. He talked to the L.A. Times and he had just dropped off his daughter and son at at a school when his wife texted him and said there's a, a shooter at Saugus High. So he sprints back to North Park Elementary and parents are are doing the same thing. Right. They're all piling up in the lobby and the, the, they're, they're getting the details on their phones and they're starting to find their kids. Where are my kids? Because remember the news was, is that shooter was on the loose at least, or that they were looking for the shooter. We just did not know that he was there in that quad with the gun, with the headshot um, 
there were neighborhoods on lockdown. So Anthony told the L.A. Times, you know, these all these kids had gone to North Park Elementary. They had their Thanksgiving pageant today. So you've got all these little kids dressed in pilgrim outfits bawling their eyes out at all of the news. And this is this is this is the the population that these shootings are hurting. It's the kids that we're supposed to all be able to keep safe. It's the it's the kids that trust that it's the adults in the room that are going to keep them safe from the bad guys. If they can go to school without the fear of some sick Russian roulette that they might get hit by some crazed active shooter. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. The end of my story is a positive one. But there was a time this morning when uh, my daughter had heard that one of her friends whose little sister goes to Saugus High School, may have been one of the kids that was shot. That was just before 10 o'clock, just before we started. At 10 o'clock is when we heard that one female had uh, been pronounced dead at the hospital. And there were moments there, right at the beginning of our show, there were moments there when I thought this was hitting a lot closer than just being another school shooting that we were going to talk about. Uh, It turns out that the... The girl that we know is one of those who was wounded but is is fine, was in surgery earlier. Uh, and without giving too many details because it's not my place to, tell, to say who it was. But that's one of those things where you are caught up in the confusion of the overwhelming confusion of a situation like that. I mean, not – and it's only exacerbated by the fact that there are 2,400 kids in this school – And you've got 4,000 some odd parents and 10,000 family members and then 50,000 people who know people who go to Saugus High School. And then you've got um, another 250,000 people who know the location, know exactly where this is, know the law enforcement officers who are responding to this or no staff or faculty. The, The concentric circles of the potential damage that this does, the the threat, this sort of makes real to a lot of people is gigantic. There are a couple things to tell you about happening tonight. It looks like the the uh, school district is going to have the uh, activity center open from 5 to 7 for students and community members to kind of get together. They're going to have counseling um, support available at that time. That's on Center Point Parkway. And then also at 7 p.m., there is a community prayer service going to be held at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church there in Santa Clarita as well. We are waiting a news conference about 1 o'clock from the hospital where the majority of the victims went. Oh, no. Oh, that got moved to four. I'm sorry, that got moved to four. I I bet the sheriff's department is going to jump on that and kind of, you know, rebrief everybody on what happened since since they were so late uh, to the podium today. All right. uh, Again, two students confirmed dead, three others that have been hospitalized, and apparently the suspect in grave condition. We will bring you updates and bring you some more stories about what exactly happened at Saugus High School this morning about 730.
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Right now, the L.A. County Sheriff's investigators are interviewing students from Saugus High School who were on campus when a shooter opened fire in the quad early this morning. They are interviewing the mother and the girlfriend of the shooter as well. They're also serving a search warrant at this 16-year-old shooter's home. Turned 16 today. It was his birthday. That's one of the reasons probably that we'll find that he acted today. We will, uh, as we go deeper into uh, this kid's history, probably figure out uh, a handful of things that uh, may have pointed in this direction. Not that any individual thing may have been enough to raise the red flag that would have been able to stop this, but but a series of things that may have uh, at least explained but not excused what it is that's been going on. Um, we have... Uh, just a, a short time ago, actually, about an hour ago, we heard from uh, different law enforcement agencies about what it is that's been going on. And I want to play some of those for you because it's going to be some time, probably not until about four o'clock before we hear another news conference. I want to start with uh, the captain, Kent Wegener, uh, from the Sheriff's Homicide Bureau uh, to explain exactly what it was that happened uh, earlier this morning. Upon arrival within two minutes, Santa Clarita deputies realized that it was an active shooter situation and uh, conducted a rapid deployment onto the school premises. When they reached the quad area, they discovered six persons who were suffering from gunshot students, um, excuse me, gunshot wounds. These were all students of the high school. All the students were triaged and transported to a local hospital. The suspect was later identified as one of the victims who was found in the quad. He is identified as a 16-year-old male whose birthday is today. The weapon that he used was recovered at the scene. It's a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol, which had no more rounds in it, had no more bullets in it. He says that there is clear surveillance video from the school that shows the suspect take that 45 out, uh, shoot the other kids, and then turn it, the gun onto himself. Again, the victims who have died, a 16-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy. There are some other students that remain hospitalized. I believe the latest shows that they are in three different hospitals now. Yeah, we had uh, not just Henry Mayo, which would be the closest hospital, but also Holy Cross down in Mission Hills and all of you as well, just over in Silmar, which would be relatively close, uh, but definitely a a long ambulance, short helicopter ride in, if that's the case. Um, The the other victims that we know about other than the shooter himself who's said to be in that grave condition whatever it is two female students 14 and 15 years old one male student 14 years old uh who are said to be uh out of surgery etc and recovering outside of the two who were killed i wanted to also mention the fbi is involved in this uh paul delacourt from the la count uh, sorry from the la field office was talking about some of the things that the FBI is doing as well to help in the investigation. Uh, we are here in support of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. At this time, we are collaborating on victim and witness interviews and digital media exploitation. We have uh, begun a social media scrub. We have our evidence response team and our uh, victim witness services teams on standby ready to assist. We uh, have resources available from Cyber Division and our laboratory division if necessary to assist the L.A. County Sheriff's Department in this investigation. I can report to you that at this time we have no known additional threats. We, we have uh, no 
threats to this or any other school or no threats to this or any other area. We're uh, here at this point is a police cooperation matter. We will run all the leads to ground, but at this point we have no indication of any motivation or ideology. There are accounts that continue to come out from students that were on campus. Uh, one of the images that they keep showing on the televisions is an overhead shot of a walkway um, at the school, and it is just littered with backpacks. And it just really hits home the mad dash to get out of there. And kids just running their hearts out to get out of there, dropping all their stuff right where they were to escape. Uh, Denzel Ibsamis is a senior there. He was in his car about to turn into the campus when he saw all those classmates running out. He said he automatically made a detour to leave because he knew something bad had happened. He called one of his friends we knew uh, was already at school, and she told him, yes, there's a shooter on campus. I'm in a classroom. I'm hiding with five other kids. Parents rushed to the campus, of course, around the same time. Denzel said that during his freshman year, they had a lockdown after reports of a threat, and he's always been worried about it ever since then. Uh, Lauren Farmer, 17 years old, she was in the library when she heard a gunshot. At first, she heard she thought it was a balloon popping, but then heard two more shots, and she realized this isn't normal. Something is wrong. She and her friend, 15-year-old Hannah, started racing for the main entrance, heard three more gunshots as they took off. I mean, some of these kids did not know they were going to get out. Hannah says she was joined by a number of other students racing away from the quad, fearing for our lives with facial expressions that I've never seen before. That was the key. You said that line earlier today. Yeah. And that's a key, I think, it just in terms of trying to imagine or put yourself in the position of those kids. Andre, 17, was in his AP government class going over a worksheet when his teacher was outside, sees people running. He said nobody in class panicked until somebody opened their door and said there's a shooter on campus. He said, that's when my heart sank. He said in an instant, the class of about 30 were up. They were doing what they have been taught to do in these drills, unfortunately, that we have to do in schools. They barricaded the doors with desks and tables. And he said they had practiced this before, but there was just something different about it from a simple drill to real life. And that's the sheer panic and adrenaline you cannot drill for. They had uh, they, they sat there, he said, in silence. They had a fire extinguisher they were prepared to use as a weapon if anyone burst into that classroom. They had no idea whether the shooter was on the opposite side of campus or right outside their door. And he said that fear made it feel like we were waiting in silence forever. We will uh, continue to bring you the latest updates. Uh, if there are any news conferences or any sort of breaking news surrounding the suspect in this case or the family or any of the victims, we'll definitely bring that to you live. Uh, we're waiting for the next news conference, we believe, currently scheduled for 4 o'clock, and that's to be at the Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital, where it appears that the most of the injuries were originally treated uh, but also where, unfortunately, the 14-year-old boy and 16-year-old girl were pronounced dead. We will continue to bring you updates here in just a moment on The Gary and Shannon Show. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app as we continue our coverage 
of the shooting at Saugus High School this morning before 8 o'clock. A 16-year-old girl has been killed. A 14-year-old boy has been killed. There are students remaining spread out, it looks like, among three hospitals in the area. The shooter did turn the gun on himself in the quad this morning. There is clear surveillance video showing him do that. He is said to be in grave condition at a hospital. Police interviewing his mother, his girlfriend, as well as carrying out a search warrant at the home. We've talked um, to a couple of people very closely associated with Saugus High School, uh, including Nick's cousin, who's a student there, and aunt, um, and Deborah Mark's brother, Kevin, is on staff there at Saugus High School as well. Kevin, uh, Deborah told us a little bit earlier that you were on campus at the time that this went down. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, what what was going on? What were you doing? What what did you hear? What did you see? Uh, I had just gotten back on, on campus. I usually go for a, a morning run. I'm coming back on campus, and I see uh, the whole student body that was on campus running off campus. Um, we're trying to, as, as staff, we're trying to get everybody secured, um, you know, helping, you know, kids jumping fences, helping staff jumping fences, you know, try to get everybody safe. I understand your daughter is a student uh, at the high school as well. What was that like? What was going through your mind as you were helping uh, other students to safety? Um, sorry. <laughs> that was the hard part, to be honest. Uh, that was the hardest part, uh, knowing that my own daughter was on campus at the time and uh, not knowing if she was okay, uh, trying to get a hold of her. And she did exactly what she was supposed to do. She <laughs> You know, she didn't answer her cell phone. Um, she texted me, though, told me that she was okay. And uh, so it was, it was, that was the hardest part. That was the hardest part. We'd already talked to, uh, to at least one student earlier today, talked about the different drills that have been run through Saugus High School on a regular basis. In fact, he pointed out, I mean, there have been more active shooter drills like this than there have been earthquake drills. But what do they tell you? What do they tell the staff members, the faculty there, in terms uh, of things that maybe they wouldn't tell the students? Like, how will you prepare in the event that something like this goes down? Uh, we're pretty transparent with everybody. Um, you know, you you need to barricade yourself in the, in the classroom. Um, you, you run uh, opposite direction or you hide. It just depends on um, what's happening and where uh, the active shooter is. When did you finally get to have eyes on your daughter? Uh, probably about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, again, that was the hard part. Uh, you know, when you're in communication, um, you know, as a staff member, I, I have to stay on, uh, they moved us over to central park and, you know, we have, we have to stay until all the kids are picked up. And so, um, my wife, who's also a, a teacher at a local district, she picked up my daughter, um, and we have another daughter that goes to the junior high uh, that's adjacent to Saugus. And so, um, you know, we need to we're waiting to go pick her up as, as well. There's an aspect to this that I uh, unfortunately doesn't get co- covered a lot in the news. And that's going to be, you know, what happens at Saugus High School next week, next year, that kind of thing. Uh, do you do you look at that at all? I mean, are you just, obviously you're dealing with what happened just a couple of hours ago. And like you said, just a few minutes ago, putting eyes on your daughter for the first time since this went down. But um, the resilience of what is Saugus High School, do you think about that at all? Is it too early for that? 
No. Uh, yeah, we think about it, you know, as we're going through and we're, we're talking to, to our, you know, our coworkers who, who've been wonderful and students have been absolutely wonderful. And, you know, we're hugging each other and we're talking about, you know, what's the next step. And, and it, that, that's hard because, you know, we have to go back on campus at, at some point. We have to resume the school year. We have to put the pieces back together and we have to move forward. And, you know, we do think about that. And, you know, life is never going to be the same um, after today. We were talking about the possibility of, of things that could be changed. I mean, whether it's some metal detectors or what will make the kids feel safe to go and learn. Um, we talked about how statistically, yeah, you're probably going to be fine, but it's hard to guarantee your children that, especially now that it's happened at their school. Uh, what did you, What do you think about putting metal detectors or more security features like that in? Uh, honestly, I haven't really thought too much uh, uh, about that. I mean, we we live in Santa Clarita. We live in, you know, you know, Saugus, and you know, generally it's a very safe community. Um, of course, you know, we we think about you know the what if scenario. Uh, we practice these. We we, we go through practices um, uh, and lockdowns, and we we do things to prepare ourselves. Um, and as as far as you know, metal detectors. I don't know if that's if that's the answer. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it's so hard. We just want to be able to, you know, know that uh, we're going to school and we're going to be safe every single day. I mean, that's what we really want to know as parents, as teachers. You know, that's what we really want to know. Kevin Burns is joining us. He's um, one of the track coaches and also one of the teachers there at Saugus High School where the shooting took place earlier today. Uh, there's a great chance, unfortunately, that uh, a lot of the kids are going to know exactly who this was. And that that's going to be something that's going to have to be dealt with. And you as a teacher having dealing, you know, dealing with these kids on a daily basis, some of this is going to fall to you. Uh, do, do you have a support system uh, for you to turn around and talk to people when these kids come to you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the staff over, over at Saugus is absolutely amazing. Uh, it truly is a uh, counseling staff. Um, you know, we're, we're on the bus you know, uh, going over to Central Park, and I turned to one of the counselors, and I'm like, what now? Um, you, you know, and, you know, we, we cried with each other for a minute, you know, and she's like, I'm there for you, and I totally understand. And so um, this is going to bond us even closer together, and the, the support is, you know, again, we have amazing teachers, amazing administration, amazing kids. Uh, we really do. Kevin, thank you so much for taking time for us. We really appreciate it, and so glad you're, you're safe. Thank you very much. Uh, Kevin Burns here again, one of the teachers, one of the coaches at uh, Saugus High School. Deborah's brother, my little fact. brother. So thanks for mm-hmm. uh, thanks for getting us in touch with him. Of and course. I know that. I, listen, this is not. It, it's one thing to say that you know it's uh, it's an easy thing to sort of disconnect from, and it may be across the country or in Colorado or in Washington. You know, maybe something like that. But when it hits this close to home, it's important that everybody remembers that there's going to be people, all of us are going to be connected to somebody who is, uh, who is impacted by this. I want to check in uh, briefly with Andrew Mullenbeck and, uh, and see how he's doing. Andrew, where are you at now? Yeah, just next to Central Park, I had to move a little way down because there are so many TV trucks. I wanted to be able to get a signal. I can tell you that most of the families, if not Almost all of them have been reconnected, and that really was 
uh, one of the most uh, impactful things to watch today because parents started showing up right away when they got text messages from their kids, and that's, you know, about 20 minutes to 8 o'clock this morning, but then there were hours that they couldn't actually get to their kids. Sometimes they had difficulty uh, connecting because their kids uh, might have been uh, barricaded in a classroom. I've got a couple of uh, cuts that I can share with you. Even though she has a phone, I couldn't, uh, my husband and I, we couldn't text her back and forth, and I think she was just too nervous, and they were just huddling together. It's crazy when, when you're facing the unknown uh, where, where the daughter, is she near the, the shooter, is she safe, is she going to make it? It's not an easy feeling for a parent to feel. So again, uh, we have two students who were killed, the others who were shot but survived. At this point, officials are saying that they expect those students to recover. And again, the shooter, who's turned 16 today, is listed in grave condition. Andrew, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Andrew Mullenbeck there again with the latest update from uh, from Central Park, which became the reunification spot for so many of these parents and students. Uh, 2,400 kids go to that school. Not that all of them were on campus at that early hour, 730, but still uh, a whole lot of people involved in this story. All right. Coming up next, it looks like, as Kevin was telling us, students did exactly what they were told to do. Uh, And it led to a lot of tense times because they did not know as they were barricaded in their classrooms that the shooter had turned the gun on himself. In fact, the authorities didn't even know that the shooter was one of those initial victims they found in the quad, which led to a lot of tense moments all over Santa Clarita as neighborhoods were put on lockdown. Talk more about this when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Following, of course, the shooting at Saugus High School from earlier this morning, two students were killed, a 14-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl, both of them pronounced dead at Henry Mayo Hospital there in Newhall. Uh, Sorry, but but Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital, although technically it's in Santa Clarita. And then three others said to be recovering, two female students, uh, 14 and 15 years old, and one male student, 14. And then also we understand that the shooter may have turned the gun on himself or did turn the gun on himself and is listed in very grave condition or brain dead or on life support or whichever combination of all three uh, would pertain to him. Austin Dave is a reporter in Santa Clarita, joins us now. He is right outside of the home where police investigators are serving a search warrant to find out what led to the carnage this morning. Austin. Hi, how are you? Good. What's going on there? What do you see? So at the suspect's house, you have uh, several sheriff's units there. Um, They've been basically going in and out. They had served a search warrant earlier, but they have the entire street of Sycamore Creek Drive here, kind of on the border of Saugus and Valencia, just not too far away from the school. Uh, they have that entire street shut down, and so they're letting people in and out. 
if they have, you know, some of the residents who are trying to get to their homes um, and they, just, you know, want to go back home and try to establish a normalcy. Um, but they do have that street lockdown. They're letting some of them in with ID. Um, but right now they've been going in and out of the house. They have one of their mobile, uh, what I believe it was a crime scene processing unit. Um, here it's a very large white uh, vehicle that they've been going in and out of that, uh, going to the house. But they have about, I want to say, a dozen or so sheriff's personnel on scene. And right now they're going to be processing that scene at the house for quite some period of time. Have you seen them take anything out uh, of the home and, and, and not bring it back or anything like that? Not so far. It looks like they're keeping just a perimeter around side, around the house. They were asking for additional units earlier to help secure the backside of the house. So it sounds like they're providing some security for that scene for when they, when basically the dust settles and they want to take a closer, more thorough look, uh, they're keeping that scene secure. Uh, now, refresh me. The, I think the house backs up to a hill, doesn't it? There's nobody living directly behind the house. Correct. Uh, it doesn't look like there's anybody behind the house, but it's, Kind of an interesting community where you have a lot of dead ends and cul-de-sacs. Uh, and so, but a lot of people who I know personally actually live on that street. And they were saying, you know, I had no idea this was going on. I had no idea, you know, that this type of trouble was brewing. And, you know, and I told them, I said, really, no one has really indica- any indication of who they're living next door so much. You know, and so true. we're just saying, yeah, yeah, they don't know many of their neighbors. And, you know, we come from a time where everyone knew their neighbor, you know, you'd bring over that apple pie. And so we're at a time now where that doesn't necessarily happen all that much anymore. And so they're really just kind of, you know, reeling from it and they're all in shock. Yeah, it's so true. You never really, really know your neighbors, uh, especially at a time when some of us don't even want to answer the doorbell when it rings. That's like uh, doorbell anxiety. Uh, Austin, thank you so much for helping us out today. Really appreciate your reporting. No problem. Thank you both very much. You bet. Austin Dave, their reporter up in the Santa Clarita Valley. Again, outside this home where law enforcement has been serving search warrants uh, or a search warrant there. And it um, originally when we saw law enforcement show up specifically around this house, they were approaching it very carefully. And there was a, what looked almost like the uh, the threat that there may have been somebody inside with a weapon because they were all suited up, uh, all of them were in tactical gear going into this house from different areas, you know, from the neighboring fences. And as I mentioned, the hill in the back, there were two or three uh, deputies that were stationed up on the top of that hill, sort of hunkered down with their rifles uh, directed towards that the back of that home. Doesn't appear that there was anybody in there, or at least definitely nobody that posed a threat because the uh, the shooter himself was uh, at the school and uh, was apparently tried to commit suicide there at the school and again you keep pointing this out it's it's hard to look away from the helicopter shot of the quad area they they call it the quad area there at the Saugus High School it's sort of a natural amphitheater that's built in uh, to the center of campus where a bunch of kids were sitting apparently when this went down at 7:38 this morning and everything is just still sitting there the books, the backpacks, the papers that fell out of the backpacks. There were people who dropped their phones, for example, and left, and we know how hard that is for a teenager to do. There was also an anecdote that I want to throw to your way because we talked about the the teacher. There was at least one teacher, apparently, who treated somebody's gunshot wound to the torso today before law enforcement and first responders were able to show up. There was also what's believed to be a guy who uh, was a member of the Marine Corps in a home nearby. 
And he was able to grab a bunch of kids off the street, basically, and shovel them into his home so that he could protect them. And then when everything was sort of given the all clear and people were, uh, you know, law enforcement were telling everybody that everything was okay, he went through and basically made a roll call list of every single one of the students that was in his house so that he could contact their parents and tell them that they were okay because some of the kids apparently had dropped their phones on the way in. And with a place like Santa Clarita, those stories are going to keep on coming. It's a very tight community. You also mentioned this, and I, it's worth repeating. I have gotten, I have gotten a half a dozen emails from different churches in the Santa Clarita Valley that have all said that they've got prayer services that either start at one o'clock or they start at six o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever it is. But that there will all through that area tonight, there will be people uh, gathering as rem- for remembrances, but also to be with the uh, the other victims' families. As well. So that's going to be all over the place tonight. All right. More coverage when we continue here. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Starting to get some uh, texts from people out of state now been seeing this whole thing seeing the banner that it's santa clarita right checking to see how things are going two students have been killed a 16 year old girl a 14 year old boy three students and the suspect remain hospitalized la county sheriff's department homicide bureau saying that they have clear surveillance video of this shooter who turned 16 today going into the quad just before 8 a.m taking out a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol shooting the other victims and then taking the gun and putting it to his head before pulling the trigger. The deputies were on the scene just two minutes after the initial 911 call. Now, we have been telling you about how students have been drilling for an active shooter situation for, well, years now, unfortunately. And as the events were unfolding, word that there was a shooting there was sweeping through the campus in different ways. Some students heard the gunshots. Some got text messages from friends. Some just saw all the the waves of classmates running away from the campus. Dania Salman is a 17-year-old senior, doesn't have a first-period class, was doing some homework in an open classroom with some other student government people about 7.30 a.m. when she heard the three gunshots, saw people starting to run. She said a friend who was out in the quad area sitting at a table, one down, one table down from the shooter, ran inside of the classroom where she was when the shooting began. The six students there barricaded the doors with tables. They did not have a key that they needed to lock the doors, which opened outward. And she says, we were scared the shooter would come in. They hid under the tables and they placed boxes in front of themselves so that the shooter would think it's boxes under the table and not people. Emma Peterson, 14 years old, was in a band room practicing for an audition when she heard three gunshots. And then she heard another student yell, run. She grabbed her instrument and took off with a group all the way to the Central Park there, where they eventually ended up having the reunification center. She said it was fortunate the band had this week off. These student musicians would normally have been practicing on a field near the shooting scene at the time the gunfire rang out. There was another senior, Isla. She said that she and uh, that she saw a, a wounded student being tended to in the choir room. 
Yeah, there was the report of the one teacher who may have uh, treated a student who had been shot in the torso at some point. Uh, there was an interview earlier with one of the uh, hospital, one of the doctors that was in charge of caring for some of the wounded and said that th- as of about an hour ago, there was a student who still was requiring surgery. And at that point, um, everything appeared to be okay. They just wanted to go in and make sure that there was no vascular damage, et cetera. So uh, at this point, again, one 14-year-old boy was killed, one 16-year-old girl was killed in the shooting. Both of them have been, uh, were pronounced dead at the hospital. And then three other students that are currently being cared for, two girls, 14 and 15, and one 14-year-old boy. Now, that's not counting the 16-year-old shooter, as Shannon mentioned, apparently put the gun to his own head after this took place. Um, the, the, sheriff's, the sheriff's homicide captain... Kent Wegener said that there were no more bullets left in the weapon when they showed up. And that could be a coincidence that uh, that last bullet was he kept for himself. He may have counted. He may have planned this thing out. He may know exactly who he was going for. Uh, We don't know officially who the shooter was, although we've uh, received a couple of different tips that uh, with specific names, including uh, Instagram account that apparently belonged to this kid. Um, but outside of just a couple of random and bizarrely innocuous sounding phrases, it doesn't appear that there was any specific thing that would have led to anybody putting a stop to this before it started. Um, understand that his mother and apparently his girlfriend were or are being interviewed at the Sheriff's Department substation there in Santa Clarita. But again, at this point, nothing that we know of specifically that would have set this kid off. There were stories about potential relationship issues or things uh, that may have happened within the last couple of days. Uh, But this is it's just it's one of those again, one of those stories where uh, it's going to be some time before we can piece all of this together. And we're just dealing with some of the the basics of. Here's yet another community that is wounded uh, and is going to have to come together in the in the aftermath of this. I'm surprised so far, and maybe it's still early, that uh, they haven't announced like a public vigil tonight um, for the whole community. I know there is a community prayer service held at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church at 7 p.m. At least that was one that crossed the wire you got some emails from from other churches that are doing something. I'm just wondering if there would be like one big event where everyone would come together, or maybe that would be tomorrow. There will be. Yeah. I, I think there will be. And I, I, listen, you're not going to be able to do it at the school. The campus is going to be shut down and sort of in the custody of law enforcement for some time. They haven't moved one scrap of paper in the area where the shooting apparently took place, and it's going to be some time before they do. So uh, perhaps Central Park, which is, again, not too far away from the from the school itself. And there's plenty of open space there for people to gather if they needed to. So um, they did say that grief counselors will be available at the Santa Clarita Activity Center, which is farther up the hill. But uh, from five to seven tonight for anybody affected by the shooting, uh, people who are interested in talking to somebody about what it was that happened. We went in uh, earlier today. We, we did hear from this news conference the uh, the mayor, Marsha McLean of Santa Clarita, spoke as well about sort of the resilience of the community uh, and wanted to explain basically that this is uh, horrible. It's heartbreaking, but that the community would come together. We may be the third largest city in L.A. County, but we are a close knit family oriented community and our family sticks together. I have a granddaughter who was at Saugus High School this morning. And I heard about it. The feeling that went over me 
was indescribable. So I felt the same thing that our families are feeling about their kids here in the community. And I just want to say that we, as a city, are going to be working with all agencies together to try and get through this terrible, terrible experience. Yeah, and to your point, I I do expect that there will be something that comes up tonight. There will be some sort of large community gathering. You would think so, um, because people, after these things happen, they want to be together. We talked about how parents that had picked their kids up at other elementary schools and, and schools that were placed on lockdown kind of all gathered together in, in different homes to watch all the coverage. Uh, oddly, just two months ago, six students at the high school were charged with felonies in relation to threats made against the school online. There was a school district staff member that discovered the social media posts regarding committing acts of school violence and was able to alert the police, according to the sheriff's department. Detectives quickly at the time determined who had made the posts and uh, obviously way too early in the investigation to know if it had anything to do with what happened today. But we did see a social media profile that's been going around through the kids uh, Instagram profile where in the bio uh, of this uh, alleged shooter, it says, have fun at Saugus High tomorrow. Yeah. And again, no, that in and of itself wouldn't be enough, I don't think, for anybody really to notice it and then suggest that that would rise to the level of a threat. Um, but because there's nothing specifically in the other images that were posted or videos that were posted that were anything specifically threatening, it didn't appear. But that's part of what the FBI is going to go through. They mentioned that they're going to scrub this kid's social media and any other accounts that may have been associated with it or with him in an attempt to see if there were signs uh, that may have pointed to him. The FBI did refer to a couple of threats uh, at Saugus High School that have come up within the last couple of weeks or months, and that may have been one of them, the one that you were talking about. But they said that neither one of those had any connection to this kid or this event today. All right, we'll come back and try to wrap up some of this stuff before John and Ken come in and take over a continuing coverage of the shooting at Saugus High School. Two kids dead, and the shooter shot himself, but is said to be in grave condition and on life support right now. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Just chaos this morning at Saugus High School. Student seen clearly on surveillance video. In the quad about 7.30 a.m., first period. Takes a 45 out of his backpack, fires at several students, and takes the gun, turns it on himself. So far, we've got a 14-year-old boy that was killed, a 16-year-old girl who was killed Three more patients and the suspect remain in the hospital. He is said to be in grave condition. It was his 16th birthday today. Mm. We have uh, talked about different things, different commonalities when it comes to shooters like this, school shooters specifically. And one of the things was a uh, potential trigger event or, or something that, that would have been a very recent trigger. And uh, today, if it was in fact a 16th birthday, as the sheriff's department suggested, that's potentially pressure, 
Uh, there was a death in the family within uh, the last couple of years, apparently. And we know that his mother and apparently his girlfriend were taken in for questioning by the sheriff's department. Not that they've been implicated in any way, but just trying to figure out exactly what was going on. Uh, Alex Stone has been covering the story as well and is out there now with uh, some of the latest stuff. Alex, what's going on? Hey there, I've been going back and forth between Central Park and uh, over at the school. And as we talked about an hour or so ago, things have calmed down considerably, even uh, in Central Park where the command post is set up. Much of that has where all of the, the crowds and the fire engines and everything that had come in, much of that has now left. There is a roped-off command post area with the Santa Clarita Valley Station mobile command post in it and a number of investigators, the ATF, the FBI, they're all here as well. But it really gets down now to, to figuring out a couple of things. One is the gun is on urgent trace right now by the ATF. Urgent trace means it jumps to the front of the line. It isn't always all that quick. There is no computer system because of gun laws and, and laws against having a computerized tracing system. They can't just put it in the computer and figure out where it comes from, especially if it was bought outside of California, that, uh, that they've got to physically go in the ATF and pull the carbon copy paperwork that was used the day that gun was bought, and they've got to find that in boxes and boxes of documents that the ATF has. And you can imagine the work that they've got to do to figure out where the gun came from, who it was sold to, the, the uh, history of, of who had control of that gun, but they're working on it right now. May have come from his home. It was a 45 caliber handgun. His parents, his mom may have had that gun, but they're trying to figure that out as they interview her and interview his girlfriend right now uh, at the Santa Clarita Sheriff Station. Uh, and they're looking for that motive. That we know all of the reports of threats that had been online. Many of them seem to have been hoaxes that they don't go back timing-wise to this actually being to it being posted yesterday, or it goes back to somebody who was posting after the suspect had already shot himself in the head. But the FBI is scrubbing social media right now. They're working on that. Was there any kind of warning? Was there any kind of explanation? You know, we hate to call it manifestos. Legally, we don't call them that. But some kind of letter or something else that's out there, nothing that they found yet. But the FBI is working on that right now as well. Have they finished interviewing all the students? The sheriff's department had said that they wanted to interview everyone who is on campus just to make sure they have all the information available. They are also going to ask the students if any of them had cell phone video uh, pertinent to the investigation. Yeah, they're uh, they're talking to students right now. They've been talking to them for quite a while. Those interviews will go on. There were so many students who were impacted. We know the students who pulled one of the victims, we believe the 16-year-old who died, into the choir classroom, and they were doing CPR on her. Incredible stories that, that they're telling right now, all the way down to, I know we've got a, a family friend who has two boys who go to, to Saugus High. They had just arrived on campus this morning. They heard the, the pop, 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 or bang, bang, bang of the forty five caliber going off. They immediately knew that doesn't sound good, and they ran. They ran into the neighborhoods around here. There are a lot of other students who did the same thing. Some of those the sheriff's department will want to talk to others. It'll be those who were closer to, to what went on. But we know that the gun was out of bullets when the 16-year-old, who we do know his ID, we're not reporting it right now, at least at ABC News, because of his age and, and he's still alive as of right now, but that he, he had one bullet left and he used that bullet on himself, holding the gun to his head. But at this point, he's still alive.
Uh, three hospitals apparently where where these kids were taken after the shooting. And uh, from what we understand, the the three outside of the shooter, the three that are uh, still alive, are expected to survive. And they've I think there's one that was in surgery or just coming out of surgery within the last couple of minutes. Um, there were were there any injuries that were not gunshot related? Do we know? Yeah, there was a, a seventh injury that that seems relatively minor that LA County Fire uh, helped transport on that that we're told was not a, a gunshot injury. So was likely stampede or broken ankle or panic attack or something else. That was the one. All of the other ones were gunshots. We just got an update a moment ago. I can pull it up here from Providence uh, Holy Cross in uh, Granada Hills. They've got two of the victims, and I believe one is here. I've got it uh, right here that uh, that they just updated. Uh, so they've got two female patients at, at Providence Holy Cross right now. One is in good condition. One is in fair condition. They both have gunshot wounds. Henry Mayo has at least one other who we believe is not life-threatening, and then another hospital has another from there. So they were spread out. Some went to the the hospital that could best treat them for the injuries that they had. But the closest was Henry Mayo, and initially that's where most were heading, and then some got sent to, to other places. Alex, thanks for your work. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone, there's the latest again up from uh, Santa Clarita Valley. The shooting that took place at Saugus High School uh, four and a half, uh, five hours ago now. The um, the the two deceased kids, we don't have IDs on them, 14-year-old boy and 16-year-old girl. Uh, still seeing some staff members, it looks like. Actually, those look like investigators that are walking through the campus now at Saugus High School. There's one specific area, one small area around uh, the quad, sort of very central part of campus where the shooting itself apparently took place. There is uh, police yellow tape. There are uniformed deputies that are standing at guard around this area. But for the most part, I haven't seen anybody go through uh, outside of a bomb-sniffing dog that went through several hours ago. No one has gone up close to any of the books, the papers, the backpacks that are just sitting there scattered, all that's left basically of that scene from early this morning. All right, John and Ken show coming up next. We'll continue with the coverage of the shooting at Saugus High School. We'll see you tomorrow.